The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Pirate fans, welcome to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show, brought to you by U.S. Cellular. Be sure to visit one of ECU graduate Brandon Tate's Platinum Certified U.S. Cellular stores and experience the highest standard of customer service. Call in on the live line at 317-1250. Now, with a complete recap of the game and your phone calls, live from the Pirate Radio Studios, here's your host of the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter, Clip Brock. The Tulsa field goal is good, and they knock off the Pirates today 29-27 at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium to wrap up a frustrating, pretty pitiful year for ECU football. Pirates had a chance to run it out, get a couple first downs, ice it, but a fumble, and then Tulsa gets a couple of first downs, moves down the field, hits a field goal, to wrap up the 2023 season 317-1250 the number on the pirate radio live line we are taking your calls already got zach and cameron hanging on two open lines jason nichols billy weaver here shirley rhodes the big dog glenn griffin i am clip rock wings over green was in the back boys so there's something we can celebrate yes uh, but we will be taking your calls, talking about this game and wrapping up the season and we'll get to those calls after this You're listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. Say that again? I said, what was the excuse in the Marshall and the uh, Charlotte games? They're just as bad as Tulsa. Look at the records. I think Marshall's better than Tulsa. Charlotte's not. We lost to them. I don't understand your point. Everybody's down. You're, you're downplaying the opponent. Yeah. Well, the play calling was better. The opponent was bad, but the play calling could have been better against a bad opponent early in the season. Then he, you know, what I'm saying, don't get it. We're just Never. continuing a conversation from the break <laughs> and enjoying some wings over Greenville. Seven five eight wing. They will deliver right to your door. Our number is three one seven twelve fifty. Recapping a 29-27 loss to the Tulsa Golden Hurricanes. Oh, wait a minute. I know what my point was. People <laughs> people say, well, they, they did play better offensively today, but it was against Tulsa. Well, you played another team just as bad as Tulsa, and they didn't perform well. So, But that team also <clears throat> did well versus some other teams that we didn't fare so good against too, right? Um, what was it? They lost by two to SMU or somebody like mm-hmm. that. Yep. Just about beat well. We didn't play North Texas, but they played North Texas pretty well. It's it's it doesn't half matter. Half a dozen this way, yeah. It doesn't matter at all. Um three one seven twelve fifty. David Sean, Zach will get to you. Cameron is up in Goldsboro. Hey Cameron. Thank God this disaster of a season is over. I mean what a disgrace. There's no, there's no what a disgrace. You have two winning seasons. You think that the program is back on track, and the past two years have been completely been wiped away. The bow win last year does not matter anymore. We're back in the trash can, the toilet of college football. I, I just don't see how Mike Houston can recover from this, guys. I'm sorry. We're at a point now where is it, is it, are, what's more riskier, getting rid of Mike Houston now or keeping him until next year and we have another bad year? 
I, the risk is too much than the reward. I think we have to get rid of Mike Houston. I'm sorry. I know there's many people that are calling here and be like, give him one more year, give him one more year. Well, guess what, guys? Year five and you have a losing record? In any other college in, in NCAA, if you're in year five and you have a losing record, uh, only one bowl win, but that bowl win was against Coastal Carolina without their quarterback who got injured, they're gone. There is zero reason. Thank God they fired Donnie Kirkpatrick, but guess what? After today and what Donnie coached today, I, I'm shifting my opinion. Donnie was calling the plays that Mike Houston wanted to run for the conservative system that Mike Houston likes to run. Donnie knows he's gone after today. He, he calls a lot better game today than, than last than last whole season in the last four years combined. It's an absolute disgrace, and it falls back on Mike Houston, guys. We have just gone 2-10. I never thought I'd see the day again where, where we were worse than Scotty Montgomery, and, and we're worse than Scotty Montgomery. And with this good of a defense we have, I don't, I don't get it. it. It's completely on the coaching staff. It's embarrassing, and for everybody donating NIL money right now, it's about return of investment. Do you feel like your money is going to be properly, the return of investment is going to be good if we keep Mike Houston as head coach? Because I have a feeling, guys, we're about to see a mass transfer portal exodus of our defensive players. I hope I'm wrong, but that's what's going to happen. We have got, you have got John Gilbert. You've got to grow some balls and make a decision. Mike Houston has got to go because next season, if we keep Mike Houston and we start off with a losing record the first three games, our program may not recover from it in the NIL game, grand scheme of things. It is a disgrace, a disaster. Two and ten, guys. Two and ten. It is a disgrace. A disgrace. And then we haven't run a trick play all year, and we run a trick play when we're trying to run the clock out. That just costs us a game of that. It, it's a disgrace, guys. There's nothing else to say. Mike Houston has got to go. Anybody that's willing to say give him one more year, it's not worth it. There's too much risk about it. There, these coaches that are on the, the carousel right now are going to start getting picked off. A change has to be made now. Mike Houston's got to go. Uh, that's all I got to say. It, it's a disgrace. I'll always be a pirate. I've been calling this show clip since I was 13 years old. This is the worst I've ever felt in my entire life as an ECU Pirate fan. That's been since I was born. It is a disgrace, and it falls back on Mike Houston. John Gilbert, make a decision. Mike Houston, you're a good guy, but you have to go, man. I'm sorry. You have to go for our program to have a chance of rebuilding next year. Go Pirates. All right, there's Cameron getting us kicked off here on a Saturday night. 317-1250. Zach is up next and done. Hello, Zach. Alas, gentlemen, the day that we have been waiting for since late September is finally here, and what a more fitting way to end the season. Uh, As Cameron alluded to, uh, there were roughly 750 offensive plays that we ran on the year and not one, I repeat, not a single trick play. And if you want to call a direct snap to the halfback or a wildcat a trick play, we didn't even run one of those. And we decided on the last offensive play of the season with all these recruits in town where everybody's been talking about all week that we needed a good showing from the fans and a good showing from the team to try and get momentum going into the offseason, we call that crap with two and a half minutes left in the game. I don't even care if you go down and you miss the field goal. All you have to do is wind down the clock. That's it. I don't care if you take three knees and take a page out of the Ruffin McNeil playbook. Do that. That's more effective than that. And, you know, Raji's dad sitting there getting his panties in a wad every week about 
you know, oh, I can't believe you guys would say this about my son, all that he's done. You know, I guarantee you he does not, in fact, have naked pictures of Coach Houston because ain't no way he could hold on to him with the hands that he just showed on that last play of the game. Something has got to be done. Not a single person wanted to be there today, and it showed in the last few minutes of that game. The defense said, you know what, you guys, I don't blame them. They said, you know what, you guys didn't want to hold on to it. Why, why should we be this house that you rely on? Uh, what, a, what an absolute joke. I have seen so many ways that we have lost, and this is brand new to me. Uh, that was a new one. Uh, Houston's got to go, man. Uh, he. He ain't got the fire. Guys, thanks for everything you did all year. Uh, Try and enjoy the night as much as possible. Clip, we'll look for you in 213, man. Take care. All right. That reminds me, ECU basketball team got smoked today, too. So thanks for that reminder. Rough day here in Pirate Nation. Uh, Weston says, what's worse, this, uh, the way this one ended, or UCF in 2014 as far as end end of game? Was that that the kneel down? Yeah, the kneel down. Mm -hmm. I think the kneel down's worse still worse than this well this and just for the record that's not a trick play a direct snap to the running back's not a trick play it's it's a direct snap to the running back he just dropped it so i mean i understand they haven't run that all year i get it but all for all the people that were screaming at donnie run up the middle run up the middle stop run up middle i can call donnie's playbook run up the middle to the left run up the middle to the right and then throw it on third down incomplete punt stop you know call something different so when he calls something different and then the execution by the running back is not there to just handle the football then you know i mean you you get what you asked for you asked for it not that i agree with the call but, well, but but that's probably why we didn't see a lot of fancy stuff this year. Right. Because it doesn't matter what you call if you're not going to execute it. And I, and I said this to Clip, I think either last week or week before, I said as an offensive coordinator, when they don't execute stuff, you start eliminating stuff off, off your call list because you have no confidence in it being ran right. Yep. So, you can't do the normal stuff. You're not going to be able yeah. to do the exotic stuff. Well, Donnie didn't throw two interceptions today. One of them was horrible. It was two interceptions, right? It was yeah. just one. Yeah, one, yeah it was two. two. Yeah. A slant and then a post. And there were about, I don't know, four or five, I think maybe four that I can remember, drop passes that should have been caught. Donnie didn't drop those. I think Donnie called a good game today. And I, I think that he showed that it's not all him. It's it's some of what Houston wants to run, and a lot of it has to do with the personnel. The guys aren't making plays. They're just really not. They're not making plays. you got to execute uh brad on facebook is woke to what's happening here he said the trick play was vegas i'm telling you espn flagged the pass interference the play before but the refs missed the call and ordered a direct snap fumble from us in return wow. so there <laughs> you has, go he has yep. a lot of insight there yeah man. there's Shit. some biggers happening no. here what, what was the over under on this game uh they hit it in the first half it was 43 and a half okay that's what yeah they got it at halftime yeah uh sean is up in farmville hey sean Hey guys, how y'all doing? Good. All right. Um, I was actually at that UCF game in 2014. That was that was pretty bad. But uh, anyway, me and my buddy are on the way to watch some real football, going to Carolina State game. And um, I didn't watch much of the first half today, watching uh, Ohio State and the Michigan game. But uh, I tuned into the second half, and 
and the offense looked all right. You know, they were moving a little bit and started stalling. And uh, Flynn looked like he was doing good and started making a couple mistakes. And uh, that, that came back to bite us. And um, I don't know what in the world they were doing on that last drive. I mean, all you had to do was just run a couple plays, you know, maybe get a field goal and make Tulsa drive down the field and get a touchdown and win the game. But uh, I really don't know what, what that was, that play call, and uh, ended up losing the game for us. But um, I just want y'all – I just want y'all's opinion on how Mike Houston is going to keep his job after next year and what they need to do at quarterback to – start winning again for next year well go find one that's not here currently <laughs> uh portal wise and it's got to be portal because you're bringing in a true freshman and you are recruiting a junior college quarterback who you know maybe could come in but you're gonna have to get a guy with experience ready to come in and play from day one yeah <clears throat> you got to and i and, and like you said wherever you find it at you got to find it you just got to make sure that you're uncovering every rock and stone out there and make sure we find the right guys or the right quarterback in this case that can come in here and play at a high level i mean you know that's 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 the the bottom line is if you don't play well at quarterback i don't care where you are you don't you struggle to win you're just going to struggle to win <clears throat> And uh, I would love a package deal. We're starting to see a lot of these in college football where you maybe you bring in a coach and uh, he brings his quarterback with him from the FCS level yeah. or something like that, an offensive coordinator. We saw uh, Wager McGee always brought up Dallas Baptist. They've put up all these points. They had took a whole slew of people to Western Kentucky and kept putting up points. Um, kind of different level here, but didn't Penix and his – uh, was it quarterback coach or coordinator go to Washington together? I think yeah. a package deal. So you're starting to see some of these in college football. Well, yeah. <clears throat> you know, you see those guys re- recruiting their players because they know them and they know their system. Um, now, on the flip side of that, that also happened at Alabama this year, and that guy did not get on the field. So if you do that, you better make sure you get somebody that truly knows quarterback play, that can bring a quarterback in here with them, that can make sure that he can play on this level. 317-1250. David's up in Gardner. Hey, David. <clears throat> hey, how's it going, gentlemen? Good pirates. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, Donna Kirkpatrick being uh, let go at the end of the year, I think that was throwing a uh, pirate nation a bone. He was going to retire anyway, right? Ultimately, we, we need to cut out the root of the cancer, and the cancer is Mike Houston, Right. And I don't know, I mean, I guess he his contract's around through 2026. We need to find a way to get him to get out of his contract voluntarily. And by that, what I mean is, um, I mean, Pirate Nation needs to run him out of town. Um, I mean, protest, get in front of the AD, call the AD. Uh, I mean, you got to protest in front of his house. I mean, make him feel like a pariah. Make him feel like he's a welcome. Make him know that the Pirate Nation doesn't appreciate what he's done, right? Because what he's done is he's led us to an overall losing record in five years, right? I mean, he, I mean, Jack Thompson was the worst, was the worst head coach since him. I mean, it, it's, it's an embarrassment. There's a whole generation of ECU alumni that don't know a winning team, right? And it's because of Mike Houston. This was a horrible, a horrible hire, right? And we need to run him out of town. We need to make him feel like he's not welcome. We need to make him feel like, hey, we deserve better. 
And if you're going to stick around for just just the money, you're you're a loser, right? You need to get out of town. We don't want that. We want a winner, right? And that's all I got to say, right? I mean, this, this, this season's an embarrassment. This game was an embarrassment. I mean, I'm tired of being embarrassed, right? I'm tired. I'm tired of like saying, "Yeah, I've been a pirate through and through. I bleed purple, right?" And it's like people laugh, right? I mean, we used to be the preeminent college football program in North Carolina, right? Better than NC State, better than North Carolina, better than App State. And then Mike Houston came along with his Pop Warner football, losing games left and right. Yeah, we don't want that. Mike Houston, you got to go. And that's all I got to say. Go Pirates. All right, there is David in the Gardner, and that's all he's got to say. Jeff, Kenny, and Richard, we're going to get to you after we take this time out. You're listening to the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show on Pirate Radio Online, PR927FM.com. And come join us on Facebook and YouTube. We've got 334 more viewers than we have likes. Folks, can you hit that thumb and hit that subscribe? And we'd really appreciate that. And we'll continue on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show when we return after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, let's get you caught up on finals from earlier today. UCF defeated Houston 27-13. SMU uh, advanced to the AAC championship game after they uh, pounded Navy 59-14 was that final uh, SMU will also likely be out uh, without rather their starting quarterback Preston Stone after he suffered an injury in the game. Michigan survives Ohio State 30 to 24. It was Duke over Pittsburgh 30 to 19. LSU defeated Texas A&M 42 to 30. Kentucky upset Louisville 38 31. It was Rice over FAU 24 to 21, and Syracuse beat Wake Forest. 35 to 31. That is a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard brought to you by The Buck. It has all the fun for your Sunday fun day covered. Every Sunday you can kick off the day with the largest 4K screen in Greenville along with 18 TV so you don't miss a game. They have mimosa specials, a Bloody Mary menu, and pizza all day from Pizza Hut. And don't forget the weekly jersey giveaway starting at 5 o'clock. Score every Sunday at The Buck. Now let's head back in to the U.S. Cellular 5th quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip. All righty. Back with you. Another uh, score. Well, I don't have a score in front of me. I just know that George Mason took it to East Carolina today. On the road, a couple of bad losses for the Pirates on this Saturday. Uh, For East Carolina basketball, we'll get another chance Thursday. For the football team, we will see you in late August, early September for the 2024 season because this wrapped it up today and the Pirates finish, man, with a couple of wins. I really thought they were going to win today. I mean, especially after that first half, you felt so good at halftime, you know, uh, you saw stuff out of the offense you hadn't seen all year. They were running some stretch plays. They were <clears throat> moving Alex out of the pocket a lot uh, to kind of hide the uh, the offensive lines, 
inability to really pass block well. Uh, and, and I mean, the, the touchdown pass that he threw uh, where it was play action, roll out, and then he hit, uh, was it Josiah? in the back of the end zone towards the boneyard. That was a beautiful play. It really was. And you started really feeling good about things. You know, okay, we're we're getting it done. Second half just and, – and they, you know, I, I, there was just a lot – too many mistakes in that second half. Yeah. Too many mistakes. All right. You nope. had some, Jason? Nope. All right, let's get to your calls. Luke, Jeff, Kenny, hang on. Let's go to Richard in Tampa. Hello, Richard. Hey, thanks for having me, y'all. I uh, Hopefully y'all had a great Thanksgiving. And uh, I'm going to start off with some positive. I'm not going to go on a rampage like some people probably, but uh, uh, one, season's over with. Uh, two, uh, thank you for Donnie. I mean, uh, probably the, uh, I don't know if all of the fans know about it, but Donnie obviously done a lot of good things for ECU. Uh, obviously had a big part with Dwayne Harris and, and Hardy and all that. So, uh, you know, obviously ended up not uh, going out in this type of fashion. wasn't ideal, but um, I think Donnie for his years. And uh, <clears throat> and retirement, and for all the seniors that put all the effort and all the hard 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 workouts two days, and uh, you know to be a proud pirate. So thankful for them and everything that put into it. And I will say, when it comes to ECU, regardless uh, if people are scared of Exodus on the defensive side, it, I think it's going to happen either way. Even if we get rid of Houston or not. Uh, and when it comes to even trying to get rid of Houston, we don't even have an indoor practice, practice facility yet. Yeah, alone trying to buy out Mike Houston with millions of dollars left on his contract. So, uh, you know, I think re- reasonably maybe another year. You know, the kicking teams, uh, special teams got better this year. Defense got a lot better this year, especially if, if we retain Blake Harrell. And this coming year, hopefully, a philosophical change, and hopefully some changes could come with that. But other than that, uh, you know, I'm, I am proud of the Pirates on how, no matter what the record was, they always pray, played hard and never gave up. And next year it'll be interesting to see what happens, and you know with who leaves and who comes in, and and um, you know we'll, we'll definitely have a lot to you know hopefully look forward to. So I appreciate everything y'all have done this year, and uh, you know I'll be tuning in too for basketball games, all that good stuff. So appreciate it, and y'all have a great rest of the night and week. Thank you, Richard. Appreciate the call from down in Tampa, Florida. We'll keep the calls rolling. Three one seven twelve fifty, and Kenny is up in Blunt's Creek. Hey, Kenny. Hey guys, uh, well, season's over. I'm kind of glad because uh, it was uh, a good experience uh, this year going to the games. Uh, just uh, really disappointed in the way it, way it played out. Still uh, kind of upset. And, uh, the chance to win the game and call a bonehead play like you did, uh, that is, that's unacceptable. You don't do that. Just play to win the game, and you're trying to trick play at the end of the game when you've got the chance to put it away. It's just, I don't know, it's stupid. Stupid play, play calling on my part. I think that was kind of Donnie's way of saying uh, goodbye, East Carolina. You know, and I hope, I hope the best for him. He can go move up to the mountain. Maybe there's a high school team that needs an offensive coordinator. I just, uh, very disappointed. Uh, Guess I'll sit around and wait for the purple and gold game. And we did have to do one thing I didn't like today, and that was uh, we had to plant a uh, white flag over there in the tailgate lot because uh, certain uh, people didn't show up and, and tailgate with us today, and I was kind of upset with that. 
So maybe we'll get that uh, streak going back next year because uh, somebody lost the tailgate today. And I appreciate it, guys. Y'all have a good night. All right. Thank you, Kenny. You're calling the wrong person about that. I hadn't tailgated in 15 years. So <laughs> if you want to contact Ellerby or somebody else, you can. Uh, but yeah, I hadn't tailgated in a long time. Uh, 317 1250, we go to Jeff in Charlotte. Hey, Jeff. Two minutes to go. And all we want is a run up the middle, Donnie Kirkpatrick play. You finally want it. It's a run up the middle, Donnie Kirkpatrick offensive play, and they snap it to the running back who fumbles the football. I'm over here at Ben Joyner's house. Shout out Ben Joyner. Clip, you went to school with him. Drinking beers. Thank God this season's over. Don't know what we're doing at quarterback next year. Don't know what the team's going to look like next year. But thank God it's over. How disgusting. Go Pirate basketball. I'm out. All right. Was Ben Joyner a big big kid? I think I remember him. <laughs> All right. Uh, was that Jeff? Thank you, Jeff. We go next to Luke in Kinston. Hello, Luke. How's it going, guys? All right. Hey, uh, so uh, just wanted to say, Donnie, I, I watched his uh, press interview, and uh, dude really went out. Uh, I think he tried to make it work this season. It just didn't work in his favor. Uh, he did have a good season last season. We won the uh, the bowl game and everything. But one thing I thought about just watching the offense this year was uh, I know people complained about Holt Naylor's a lot while he was at ECU, but Watching offense this year to our offensive production compared to whenever Holt Naylor's was at ECU, Holt Naylor's was really good. Uh, that's just something I noticed uh, in terms of our offensive production. Uh, but uh, I'm proud to be a Pirate, and uh, whether we're winning or losing, I'm going to be watching the games and supporting the teams. Well, that's all you can do, Luke. Appreciate it, man. There he is, Luke in Kinston. We're beaten down, but we're going to get back up. That's <laughs> all you can do. That's all you can do. 317-1250. Adam and Noah will get to you next. You want to get a break in, Charlie? What you want to do? We'll take a break. Uh, we've got Auburn and Bama. we got the Iron Bowl on. Iron Bowl. And Bama has a lead. Oh, no. And they are. Oh, no, they don't. Uh, but they can if they make this field goal. Auburn just scored a touchdown. Bama goes down the field. And it's no Miss. good. Wide right. Auburn keeps the lead. Oh, this might mm. shake it up. 21 to 20. 3.33 left to go in the third. Mm. We'll uh, take a break, come back, enjoy some wings over Greenville off the air so we're not smacking and chewing on camera and on mic. And uh, be back with you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. 317-1250 is the number on the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter call-in show. East Carolina losing to Tulsa on a last-second field goal tonight. And we are taking your calls, and we are live on Facebook, YouTube, radio, internet, all over the place. Uh, if you haven't yet, please hit the thumb. Please subscribe. 
and we would appreciate that and we will continue on the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show with adam john noah and up next is adam from charlotte hello adam hey guys how's it going uh whoever there in greenville didn't feel that one coming you know what i mean it's, yeah it's the same it, Cliff, it, Cliff, it feels like the same tired ass story out of this coaching staff man you can feel it coming it's like a train that you can't stop and we're sitting there with the football with two minutes to go in the game near the 10 yard line and this defense don't get me wrong man we saw rebel get picked on yes he got picked on which was rare i mean the kid played his heart out had a great block on a field goal he always plays his heart out i love that kid this whole defense has put their heart on the line all year long, trying to put this offense in a position to trip over themselves and be successful and get a win. They played their heart out. If I'm Blake Harrell, I'm in Mike Houston's grill tonight. I'm telling you, man, it's got to be hard for him in this defense because those boys play hard on that side of the ball. But when you've got a chance to win the football game and there's two minutes left to go, and you are running a direct snap to Rajay Harris. And I listen, Rajay was a bowling ball. They couldn't stop him. Hand the ball off. What are we doing down there with a chance on senior night to get a dub? Donnie K, God bless him. I love the guy. He's done a lot for this program. What are we doing with the football at two minutes to go running a direct snap? We haven't run it all year. What are we doing, guys? This is the same thing over and over and over and over again. I feel terrible for those boys on the defensive side of the football. Quarterback tonight, he's not the most talented kid in the world, but he put us in a chance and a spot to win a football game and send these kids out, these seniors, with a W. And I swear to God, Mike Houston snatched a win from that team tonight. And it's inexplicable, and it's inexcusable. Now, I don't know what Gilbert needs to do like, in terms of decision, what we do with the, another guy who makes a lot of money and we sign him to a longer contract. I don't know what needs to happen, man, but I don't see an upside. I don't see an upside from here. If we keep making these same stupid-ass decisions with the football, we can't manage the clock. We've got a fifth-year coach who has not developed a quarterback. And like I said, I love Flynn, and I, I believe Mason's a, a good guy. But, man, we've got to do better. This is pirate football, y'all. This is East Carolina football, and it is in the absolute gutter. And this guy's making over $2 million a year. I don't know what to do, man. I, I just, I'm beside myself as I sat there watching this thing today with Christmas, Christmas ornaments all over the place, my dog chewing on a Santa hat. I just couldn't believe what I was watching. But you know what? I've come to accept it. This is ECU football now. And that's a sad thing, man. That is a sad thing. And that's all I got. I'll hang up. Adam, thank you for your call and for getting out your uh, frustrations after this loss tonight. And, uh... I mean, I'm with you as far as this is what we are, especially this year. I I mean, even when we're watching the games, I'll say, look, I'll be honest. Billy and Jason are, are passionate about it today, and Shirley's yelling on every play, and I'm 
i'm just like oh, let's, let's get this thing over with do the show so i can go home and end this thing that's how i am i just have i've totally taken my heart out of this this season yeah like not the program or anything but uh that's just where i'm at i think a lot of fans are that way but it's still good to hear the you know the the anger oh yeah you need i mean you need to have that passion for it well how many how many times have we talked about that in off bad seasons that you'd rather hear the anger than the apathy or the silence right (laughs) the silence is deafening at times yeah so that's good that the fans are still in an uproar well we had that moment that one week where they weren't calling right (laughs) right so at least now where we we got some callers back in and, and people are still upset and you know rightfully so but I, i'm i'm like you know clipping away i mean you become numb to this because we've seen it time and time again yeah that's unfortunate and uh just like um we just talked about with the last caller i mean you know i mean pirate football you i mean that used to be our pride and joy and right now we don't we don't have that right now no 317-1250 noah is up next and clayton hey noah Hey, fire Mike Houston. Is that it? All right. Noah and Clayton. 317-1250. Let's go to John in Columbus, Ohio. Hello, John. Cliff, how are you doing today? Doing all right. How about yourself? I, I'm doing fine. I, first of all, I just want to thank you and, and everyone there for what you go through every week. Uh, I know that this has got to be difficult, this season especially. I am a longtime listener. This is my first time calling, and I just want to tell you how much uh, Pirate Radio means to me. I listen to you guys every day, and it's a big, important part of my life because I'm up here. I'm away from Greenville, and it makes me feel like I'm connected to Greenville, and so I just want to thank you for all that you do. You don't have to worry about me cursing because I did all that during the game. You've got an angry fan that's calling in right now. Uh, I will say this, and I'll, um, this game is not nearly as bad as the UCF kneel-down game on senior night. The, this game, though, ranks right up there. When you have a game in with two minutes left and you are going to win the game, you do not do a direct snap to your running back. That is not the time to reach into the playbook and try something. I just got through watching Ohio State and watching Michigan play, and Michigan – did what you're supposed to do. They got under center, they hand the ball off, and you just run the you make them use their timeouts and then you just bleed the clock. That's the way you win a game. When you outthink yourself, when you try to do something stupid like they did, you cost yourself uh, uh, you cost yourself the game. You're you're losing fans because of this, because these decisions have a trickle down effect to the to season ticket sales next year. This is just uh, I cannot believe the uh, the decisions that were made at the end of that game. And I'm a huge Mike Houston fan. I've, I've always liked him, uh, but these, he, at some point he has got to override a call and say, no, you cannot run that play. Um, but being up here in, in Ohio, um, I, I often talk to a lot of NFL fans up here, and they ask me about East Carolina, and, and I say, well, it's a lot like being a Cleveland Browns fan uh, because the Cleveland Browns uh, just they figure out ways to lose games. And it seems like that's what East Carolina does. We're, we are the uh, Cleveland Browns of the American Conference. We invent ways to lose games. And it's, it's just sickening. Uh, I love this program. I'll always be a pirate. I follow all the sports. But it's just absolutely sickening. And, I just again, thank you for all you guys do. And that's all I have tonight. 
thank you john appreciate it man glad we can uh, connect with you there in columbus ohio where there are uh even more angry people than john tonight yeah after, Very especially after that michigan game after what happened earlier today mm-hmm. all right uh 317-1250 we go next to adam in greenville hello adam hey how's it going clip uh going all right how about yourself i guess i'm doing all right look i i'm just turn, tuning in so i don't know what people have said ahead of me um but i just want i'm thinking about you know all you all you guys do with pirate radio live and the pregame tailgate in the fifth quarter, y'all don't deserve this. All those people that were at the game today, it was cold. There was nobody there. It was, you know, okay product on the field compared to what we've seen the rest of the season. They don't deserve that. Um, you know, when I was growing up, I grew up with Ruffin and Lincoln Riley and Shane Carden and putting 70 on Carolina, and it was such a good time. And then we went to Scotty Moe, and everybody knows how that went. Um, and then I thought, you know, with Mike Houston, I thought we were trending in the right direction, and now we have just plummeted. Um, the thing is, I mean, I know the buyout is is very high. Uh, it's not, you know, maybe we don't have the same money, say, Texas A&M has to buy out Jimbo Fisher. I think everybody listening to this show understands that. But we've got to find some way to buy out Mike Houston. I hate to say it. I don't want the man to lose his job. I'm sure he's a good person. But it just ain't working out. Uh, we need a new vision, a new look on things, because we can't keep going down this path going 2-10. and 10. I'm not saying we would go 2-10 and 10 every year under him, but I don't see us going back to at least, what, seven wins we had last year. And I think – I know me, and along with a lot of other people, uh, Holt Naylor is a massive apology. I know I do. Um, if I saw him right now, I would tell him the same thing. Um, he looked like Peyton Manning in that offense. And I wish I was joking, but I won't. Um, I'm going to let y'all guys talk. I just had to vent, get some stuff off my chest. Um, do y'all think that it's possible we could buy out Mike Houston or if it's just too high? Uh, well, y'all boys, take it easy. Hope y'all have a good one. Have a good night. Uh, all right, Adam. Thanks. So, we were just talking during the break. I, I think Mike Houston will be back. Jason, you said something similar, yep. but I did pose the question: if uh, if some big time donor around here said, "Hey, John, um, I got the money here. If you want to do the buyout, I'm ready Bye. to go." He'd be gone. He'd be gone. I, I have so. no doubt about that. Yeah. And that's at any university across the country. Just look at the facts. You're two and 10 in year number five. Donor comes and says, don't worry about the money. I got it. What AD in their right mind would not make a change? I'm not saying it's good, bad, and different. I'm for it, not for it, whatever. But I'm just saying those are the facts. And that's what I believe is that if a donor came up and said, look, money is not an issue I will pay every dime of what you owe. Get him out of here. He would be gone, in my opinion. Now, whether or not that's going to happen or whether or not that's the right choice or whatever, I'm not saying any of that, but I'm just saying if somebody were to step up and say, I got this, I'm footing the bill, Mike would be gone. And I think that's not just East Carolina. That's anywhere. 
anywhere yeah. after year five and a two and ten record and you can't put yourself in a position like jeff comfort did where he fired a guy and had zero plan right and ended up with option seven right so i mean if you are going to do it you got to know what you're doing mm-hmm. so all right uh let's take a break dave b pays jc beverly we'll get to your call next in lagrange 317-1250 auburn they kick a field goal that's yes they did uh they extend their lead over alabama up four so tied down four in the fourth quarter on the buccaneer music hall scoreboard presented by dub buck 10 15 left to go in that game we will take a break come back and have more for you on the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show after this You're listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. Now, with the Pirate Radio Scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right. Uh, Utah gave uh, Colorado another loss to add to their season. Uh, the Buffaloes are now 4-7 and seven as uh, Utah defeated them 23-17. Old Dominion survived Georgia State 25-24. It was uh, Arizona, uh, or this game is actually still underway. Arizona uh, comfortably leading over Arizona State, 52-23 to in the fourth quarter. Marshall leads Arkansas State in the fourth, 35-14. to Auburn has a 24-20 to lead over Alabama with nine and a half to go in that game. BYU leads Oklahoma State 24-13 in the fourth quarter. App State all over Georgia Southern. 48 to 24 in the fourth quarter. James Madison beating up on Coastal Carolina 49 to 7 and the undefeated Liberty is uh, beating UTEP right now with five and a half to go by a score of 42 to 14. Tennessee all over Vanderbilt in the third quarter 38 to 10. Virginia Tech leads Virginia 48 to 10 in the fourth quarter and that is a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard brought to you by the Buck. They have all the fun. For your Sunday fun day covered, kick off the day with the largest 4K screen in Greenville along with 18 TVs so you don't miss a game. They have mimosa specials, a Bloody Mary menu, pizza all day from Pizza Hut, and don't forget the weekly jersey giveaway starting at 5 o'clock. Score every Sunday at the Buck. Now let's head back in to the U.S. Cellular 5th quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Welcome back to the program. 29-27, the final score tonight, Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, Tulsa beating east carolina to wrap up the 2023 season all right uh got jason nichols here billy weaver uh shirley rhodes big dog randolph dropped off some goodies we appreciate that randolph and uh you folks are tuned in to the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show dave pays jc hang on let's go to beverly in lagrange hello beverly didn't have the patience all right, let's see if JC hung on. JC in Durham, what's up? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, I just wanted to say I appreciate everybody coming out to the game today and sending the seniors off in style. Uh, I enjoyed cheering with everybody today, but I just wanted to say I've been an East Carolina fan when they were two and ten under John Thompson, and Coach Houston is not John Thompson. We've been to two bowl games, even though that Boston College chickened out with COVID. Well, we've been to two bowl games before this year, and I think everybody forgets that. And the other thing is that the 
you know, Coach Houston brought in a defensive coordinator and we see where the defense is now, he's going to do the same when we get this offense fixed. And so I know people are disappointed today, but I just think that things going to be turned around. And I believe in Coach Houston. I just wanted to point that out. That's it. All right. Well, I mean, he's uh, he's going to be coaching for his job next year if he, you know if he's here and makes this hire. So he's going to do all he can to fix it, and that is just going to include a ton of new personnel uh, across the board. Obviously, quarterback, but they got to fix the O line. Uh, we got to get an impact receiver or two because yep. we and Billy. I mean, we're, we're sitting beside uh, what sixth all time leading <laughs> receiver in ECU history. Number uh, one in your hearts. <laughs> uh, and in your program, yes. too, right? Yes, that's um, right. But when is the last time we did not have an impact receiver on an ECU football team? Been a long time. I, like, it probably predates Jason. Uh, I mean, because yeah. even in the Thompson years, we had uh, T-Cop. Yeah. Who yeah. played in the NFL. I mean, um, you know, even in bad times, we have had guys that uh, – that may play so i mean yeah it's across the board you're gonna have to fix this thing uh let's go to raleigh and talk to b pays next what's up pace nope pays you there hey bud i am here hey bud how y'all doing all right uh with all disrespect to was it drew it just called earlier was it drew before me uh yeah we'll say it was i don't know <laughs> okay well drew yeah okay. i don't know what you were talking about i mean it is what it is you know you know, I like to use this analogy, Cliff. Uh, everybody in there probably likes macaroni and cheese, right? Y'all like macaroni and cheese? Yes. Everybody likes macaroni and cheese. Well, Mike Houston's been serving us up dry and unseasoned macaroni and cheese all year long. He's been serving it up, you know, and we've been taking it, and he's like, that's okay. Well, earlier in the game today, he made the macaroni and cheese look a little bit better. It tastes a little bit better. I was like, well, you know what? You know, hey, you know, it, it tastes a little bit better. But on his last serving of macaroni and cheese, he tried to experiment with it and put some green beans in the macaroni and cheese. And what in the hell was that plate called? That is the most <laughs> – I don't – that was just a, 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 a micro of, of our, our whole season right there, buddy. That was a, a, a coaching staff that has no clue, a coaching – uh, a head coach that is not ahead of, is not ahead of his program. He's not being a good CEO. A head coach that has no uh, talent evaluation skills. So, hey, you know, I get the money part, but at some point, you know, and I'm seeing people, and I'm seeing some big money guys on on, on social media right now posting they ain't putting money into this program. I just saw somebody say they were donating thirty five thousand dollars to the NIL, and they're not donating until Mike Houston's gone. So John Gilbert's going to have to make a decision, and I get it, you know, this, whatever it is, four points or whatever million. We don't need the indoor practice facility. Take the money. I mean, we'll figure it out. I mean, we'll figure it out. you gotta, you got to make this. 0-5 versus FBS teams from the state of North Carolina. One, F, one FBS win this year, and y'all can go on this Mo stuff. Oh, you know, Mo was terrible. Yeah. This team wouldn't have saw a Mo team. This team would have got their ass kicked by any Mo team. I'll tell you that right now. Go Pirates, and y'all have a great rest of your Thanksgiving. Thank you, Pace. There's Pace in Raleigh, 317-1250. We'll keep it rolling with Dave and Clayton. What's up, Dave? Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, listen, a lot of us come from out of town, and we donate money, and we, we support the Pirate program, and we're going to support 
the pirate program as much as we can, but there comes a point where you draw a line in the sand, right, where these, these decisions that are negatively impacting, you know, our coaching and then the coaches, it rolls downhill from there. A lot of us don't have money. If we're coming in from out of town, we don't have money to spend constantly. Like, we want to invest our dollars in Greenville. We want to give back to Greenville. But at the same time, we can't keep supporting a program that makes these bad decisions. These coaches that come in, they can't coach. They're not great at coaching. We think they're going to be good, and we hope the best, but they're not great hires. And, and how long can the people that are outside of Greenville come in and give money? We want our kids to go to Greenville. We want our kids to support ECU. We want to come back and give back to the community. But at the same time, at what point do we say enough's enough? I mean, it just doesn't make sense to keep, keep giving money when a lot of us don't have a lot of money to give. Like, we, we give what we can. We want to support it, but it's, it's just it's a losing – it's a no-win situation at some point is how a lot of us look at it. That's, that's my point. Yeah. I mean, I, I hear you, Dave. Uh, there are a lot of people feeling the same way you do. I mean, it's uh, really tough to ask when you're, you're going 2-10. and 10. I guess you can say, well, hey, if you gave more, we'd be better. But it doesn't guarantee it. It helps out. Well, that worked a little bit last couple weeks, a couple weeks ago. As far as getting the money. The NIL, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, Almost uh, uh, half a million dollars. I'm just saying it, it doesn't guarantee you're going to get better. Right, right. But yeah. it can go a long way to keeping guys around and, you know, things like that. And I, and I think B. Pays said something, and one of the callers way early on in the show said something, too, about, you know, we don't even have an indoor practice facility. Stop with that. That's not what we need. We don't need an indoor practice facility. It's nice, and eventually it'd be nice to have one. Well, his point was we don't have the money for that. How do we have the money to get rid of a coach right now? Right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, that, that is totally, um, I mean, even with the NIL, uh, it's not going to guarantee you success because you better, the, the, the deal with NIL is it's a pecking order. And I, and I keep trying to tell people this is, um, I've been in that recruiting room. You can like that kid and you can go out there and find a great kid that everybody else knows about. And if Alabama, North Carolina, Tennessee, any of those schools like that that is in the Power Five come to get that kid, which they're going to have to peg in order coming out of the portal, yep. they're going to get the top-tier kids out of that portal. Mm-hmm. Now you got to say, okay, well, what's left? Is it good enough for us to win? And that's where you got to make good decisions with the money of making sure, A, you take care of the guys that you got right here that you don't want to lose, right? and then, B, making sure that you're uncovering that rock because – the portal, yeah. Everybody think that portal is going to be some quick fix. I, I don't think it's going to be on this level. It's, it's hard to do it on this level. You can when you're at Colorado and you're Dion and you have money. Yeah. You can't do it here. It's just you, hundred thousand. I'm, I'm hearing quarterbacks go for way more than that. Oh yeah, absolutely. But can we do it to the point where we can beat App State and maybe and our conference foes? That's who I do compare myself to, right? That's like that number I gave you about what I heard. I called yeah. somebody at a university and say, what are you putting on your NIL? That's in our conference. That's in our conference. Yeah. That's winning in our conference. And still going to be in our conference. But uh, that's a real number. That's not a number that he pulled out the sky. That's yeah. a real number. And, and that's who you want to compete with. And you're right. We're not competing. But I'm just telling you who's going to get the top guys that can truly turn your program around. Yeah. The, the obvious guys. You yeah. call them the, you know. The obvious guy is going to be tough for us to get. Yeah. You got to do your homework and find those guys that might be at 
Holy Cross. Yeah, and it's 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 no different than a blue chip athlete coming out of high school. You know, East Carolina has never gotten those guys, um, and, and it's the same. You have to approach it the same way you did of getting of recruiting high school guys back in the day. You had to find the diamonds in the rough, and with this NIL deal, you still have to find the diamond in the rough because, like you said, the Alabamas of the world, the Texases, they're going to get the big time, the blue chips out of high school, and the NIL big boys out of the portal. It's just gonna that's just the way it is. You got to figure out a better way. To skin the cat, so to speak. And when you get him here, you got to coach him. I mean, Shane Carden was not a – he yeah. was a zero-star quarterback yep. and was one of the best all time. Patrick Pinckney was a gamer. I mean, with nothing spectacular, undersized, whatever, he won two championships. Nobody here. recruited Justin Hardy out of high school. Yeah. Zay, Zay Jones. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was just going quarterbacks. We can go Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We can go across but, the board, right. But yeah. those are the diamonds that you got to find. And those guys were out there. They, for some reason, the big boys didn't take them. Yeah. Wasn't quite tall enough, wasn't quite quite fast enough, wasn't quite big enough. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you got to find those guys and do a great job of evaluating that and saying, well, man, you know what? If he was 6'4", he wouldn't be coming to us. If he was 4'3", he wouldn't be coming to us. Right. But you may get that in a smaller version because a 4'3 is a 4'3", whether it's six foot tall or 5'10". That's right. They're both running just as fast. Yep. Uh, Shirley, we missed one in that cycle. You want to grab Ryan real quick and then take a break? Let's do that. Let's get Ryan and then we'll take a break. So, Monica, Tom, Charles, hang on. Uh, Ryan, real quick, what's up, man? Hey, guys. Yeah, just another tough one. I mean, Mike Houston doesn't win games on senior day. The last time he did that was 2020 when no one was in the stands against SMU. I mean, this is the second time in program history that we are at double-digit losses. It's the first time since 1957 that we're going to finish bottom of a conference. And I just I don't see why he should be given another chance for next season. And I'd love an explanation from John Gilbert as to why he deserves a chance. But in any case, if he's going to come back, he's going to basically bet his head coaching career on who he's going to hire next, that offensive coordinator. And I really think the job's a poison chalice because at best he comes in and fixes things. But at worst, he and Mike Houston are both unemployed next season. And I just don't know who we could come and get. I guess off the top of my head, it's probably going to be some offensive coordinator from the FCS. We'd go to Furman's or Western Carolina's, but... I'd love to hear what you guys would think for the next offensive coordinator at ECU, provided that Houston is still here, which I hope he isn't. But thank you guys for all that you do. It's been a tough season, but go Pirates. Yeah, I don't have any names, but that's the route um, I'm thinking of. I mean, and you could also maybe look in the past and see if uh, who Mike Houston has been associated with, work with, that you know might be available right now or might be coaching right now that he could get. I don't know. I haven't looked into it uh, that deeply, but Jason, I know you're in the the circle, so you start to see names floating around. I, I, would you say it's likely the offensive coordinator comes from the FCS, or do you think we get an FBS guy, a position coach, or a coordinator, or what do you think? Well, it's I'm in a circle. I'm not in the circle what East Carolina is sure. choosing. Right, right, right. But, yeah. but I would say this: if he's if he's gonna go get a guy. You better go get somebody who has answers, okay? Because what we saw this year is we didn't have answers to what defenses did to us, i.e. why we struggled so much in the second half. You can go get a sexy guy who can call some things when it's when it's uh, early, when it's easy. Go find a guy that can put some answers on the board, that has some experience because 
that's where the games are won and lost. It's in the adjustments that you're going to make. First half of the game, we always play pretty decent because there's no adjustments being made. You're just going off of what you've seen on the film. So whoever this guy is, whoever they decide to hire, he better have somebody that has some experience of calling plays that's proven, that has a system. And and it's 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 easy to say, go get this guy because, you know, they run the air raid. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, how many of those guys have won a national championship? Yeah. And I'm not saying we're going to win a national championship, but we want to win a championship, right? Yeah. I mean, and it's so, you know, it's, it's a lot of stuff out there that he has to, you know, work his way through. And I'm sure he's going to use his agent to help him to get that done. Well, I, and in my opinion is whoever he gets in here as an offensive coordinator, he's got to let him do his job. I, I don't know this, you know, personally. I don't know this as fact. But from what I saw on the field today, it seems to me that maybe Mike held Donnie back a little bit. And maybe Donnie called plays the way Mike wanted them to call. And maybe he called more of what he wanted to call today. So whatever offensive coordinator comes in, you got to let him do his job. Because if not, we're going to see the same thing again next year under a new offensive coordinator as we saw this year. All right, let's get a break in. 317-1250, Tommy, Charles, Tom, and Monica. We'll get to you when we return on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. All your leftovers from Thanksgiving uh, done? Are you tired of them yet? Uh, Wings over Greenville is the move tonight. 758 Wing, they'll deliver right to your door while you watch some great rivalry college football Saturday action. Uh, let's take a break. More to go on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show after these words. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Back with you on the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter call-in show. 317-1250. Lines locked and loaded on this Saturday evening. Chon is here. Good to see you, Chon. You were at the Mike Houston press conference. Anything stand out to you? How's everybody doing? Not uh, good. Um, yeah, uh, a lot of frustration from Mike Houston. A lot of uh, dramatic pauses during his answers. Um, you can definitely tell that he is uh, very frustrated with not just this game, but the whole season uh, has gone for the Pirates. So uh, we got those comments. Uh, I just brought it in. So And they are available online. Uh, you can check out our social media if you want to hear some of his post-game comments. Yes, and we also talked to Siobhan Revel. We also talked to J- Chase Sowell and the quarterback, Alex Flynn, as well. Those were the players we talked to. Anybody ask about the the play call that everybody's calling in about and, and why that was called or just to kind of elaborate on the call? Uh, I can't remember what Mike Houston said, but Alex Flynn said that that was a play that they've ran in practice several times and that it looked good in practice and that they, that was uh, you know something they wanted to go with. They just weren't able to execute it. So that, that was basically what he said and summarized. All right. Thank you, John. 317-1250. Tommy, Charles, Tom, hang on. Let's go to Monica in Greenville. Hello, Monica. Hey, guys. Just want to say thanks for all that you guys do all season. You know, you guys do hours of 
of pregame. You watch the game for hours, and then you come on for hours in the postgame. So just love what you guys do there at Pirate Radio. Um, that was going to be my question is, is, can somebody please ask definitively, whose call was that uh, at the end of the game? My heart really goes out to Rajay Harris, so he should have he got that ball. But, God, he had some good runs. He had a 41-yard run. He had a 50-yard run. This was his senior game. And to put that kind of play at the end of the game to lose the game is just a really sad way to send your senior out. So I think we all need to know whose call was that at the end, why did we run that play at that time? That's not the time to run that play. Um, the other thing I was going to say is, you know, histor- this is historically a bad, bad team and bad season, bad coaching. There's only been one time in all of the history of Pirate football, one other time where we, ha- where we have had double-digit losses. Somebody else said it on the um, call tonight. So Mike Houston now has, is the second coach to have double-digit loss season. As hard as this season has been, this is with what he thought he knew. He thought he knew two quarterbacks. He thought he knew what he had. And we went 2-10. Two and, two and ten. Now is going to be his biggest test. His biggest test wasn't even this season. I predict that that locker room probably came a little bit unglued tonight in the last game, the way this game ended. Um, and I predict everybody knows we're going to lose a lot of defensive players in the portal. We're potentially going to use, lose a defensive head coach. So there goes our defense, which held us together. And we don't have a quarterback again. We do not have a quarterback going into the next season. So if we keep Mike Houston as bad as this season was, he better buckle his seatbelt because the off season is going to be a really bumpy road for him. Um, and the other thing I'll comment on is, you know, not only is it going to be a really bumpy road, we're going to have a lot of changes in personnel. It's going to be super unpredictable. You know, our home schedule this season was so mediocre, and it's worse next year. So the, the, the home schedule next year is so vanilla. Uh, we're going to lose a lot of uh, fans in the stands, I fear. So, you know, we've all said it's going to get worse before it gets better. So I predict that next year it will be worse before it gets better. Um Go Pirates, as always. The only highlight of Pirate highlight of my week was watching the basketball game this week and uh, seeing that three-quarter court shot there and t- to win. Um, but as always, go Pirates. Uh, buckle your seat for a bumpy off season. Thanks for all you do, guys. All right. Monica paints a pretty bleak picture for the <laughs> outlook for Pirate football, but uh, can't argue with a lot of what she said. Monica makes sense when she calls in here, so no doubt, I mean, it's hard to argue with what she says. Yeah, and I had said it earlier. I think uh, you know maybe a couple games ago that I thought it was going to get worse before it gets better. Remember, I said you're going to have to crack some eggs to make an omelet, and, and that's, I said I hope you're not right, Billy, but you might be right. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know, I'm not right very often, but yeah, thank you. <laughs> on this agree. one, I think you know I agree with Monica 100. percent It's going to get worse before it gets better. And that's just because when you throw the portal and the NIL in there, it's just a whole new dynamic. Yeah, you'll start learning about this NIL real quickly. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll start here pretty soon. So I don't know if we're going to lose as many as people think. I just think we may lose some really good ones, though. Well, that's the thing is yeah. we when you're two and ten, Quality, you, can't, you cannot afford to lose one of those guys. Yeah, you yeah. can't. You got to build. You can't. Well, you or, know, or you better be planning like. 
regardless of whether or not we know we're going to lose, I, I want to get the next best thing in here yeah. now. Yeah. Because if, I, if I'm reactionary, I lose out. But why not start planning that now? Because right. I promise you, they, they 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 hear stuff just like anybody else. If it's where there's smoke, there's fire. And if you start seeing something start smoking, attitude changes, mm-hmm. any of that type mm-hmm. of stuff, that's telling you right now where they're getting ready to head. That's right. That's right. So you better be being able to read people yep. and judge people so you can be ahead of this because uh, it's, it's, it's inevitable. It's, it's going to be all across the, the college landscape. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. All right. Uh, we roll on on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Collins Show and talk to Tom in Greenville next. Hello, Tom. Hey, how you guys doing? I'm sitting here trying to OD on turkey so I can go into a food coma and not wake up for a while. <laughs> Good luck with that. Tryptophan. It's, I mean, it's, it, we were looking at each other at halftime and saying, oh, God, here we are again with another Mike Houston. We're going to win by two. And he, he doesn't know how to put a stake in the heart of the other team. He's playing for chunk change. He's playing for that field goal. And he's playing not to lose and not to win. So here we are. We're sitting here at the same place we are. Now, I, I, I'm kind of laughing. You know, I, I don't like Mike Houston. I wish he was gone, but I don't know if, if how that's going to work. And the second thing is, okay, we get rid of Mike Houston. How much leverage do we actually have? How much money do we have to go out there? We can't afford a named coach, and I don't want a named coach here. Somebody that's, you know, been coddled all his life, has all the money in the world, can do what he wants to do. We need somebody that's very hungry. But, you know, realistically, where are we going to get the money to put a package together where not only for the head coach, but for the, you know, the coordinators he wants? And then the other thing that's really scary is some of the same people that are running the nail front are the same people that put us where we are right now. And I hate to say that and be nasty, but it is true. So, you know, how are we going to play the new, you know, pinball wizard machine and then come up with, you know, Mike's going to say, I want this. And, you know, and I don't I'm quite all understand the new, but, you know, can they say, okay, I think we really need this guy over here because they're not entities. I mean, they're not part of the university. That you know, money is separate from the university. Can't be donated by the university. The coach can't, you know, donate to it. So where we are. And then the other thing, and I'll shut up. I am so tired of hearing about people and the experience at the game, they don't like the music, they don't like... People were up in the tower, they were complaining about garlic over in the shrimp and grits. And I'm thinking, we're playing football, this isn't a banquet. You know, but it is. <laughs> you know, there's a game going on outside those other windows that you're up, but you're out there looking at the baseball field and saying, isn't that wonderful out there? Look at that. It's really pleasing, you know, the ambience. And look at the sun going, I'm like, good Lord, there's a game going on. And it's just like... I, I, I scratched my head. I can remember years ago, you know, you'd be outside with a coat hanger in the air with a wire to a radio trying to figure out if you could even hear one word about East Carolina football. And now it's on, it's on, you know, anywhere you want to look at it. You play it again, ESPN Plus, which is wonderful, but I, I just, I'm tired of being, I, I don't go, I don't dare to listen to music and everything. I guess I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm 78 years old. I could give a damn about what music they play. I'm there to watch football. I guess I'm not the old guy in the basement that doesn't like anybody who lives above him. But I, I just, I'm just had it with it. So anyhow, you guys have a nice, a nice winter and enjoy basketball. Tom, always good to hear from you. Uh, Tom has been around a long time and has called this show a long time. And he's not get off my lawn guy. I guess he's telling get off my lawn guy to get off his lawn. 
Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Get yeah. off my lawn, Inception. He's tired of the complaining about everything. Uh, Cliff, I I'm never... going to interrupt you for just a second because I'm I'm not going to tell you what happened, but you do need to watch this next play. We're wa- oh, spoiler. Something's going to happen. It's fourth and goal from the 30. No way they score here. No way they score, Shirley. No. Wow, he's got all the time No in the way world, Milrow but... throws this ball and it's caught! Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. He's talking about finding a way to lose a game. How do you do that? Fourth and goal from the 30. Wow. God, my, my watch went loud environment. <laughs> <laughs> so, we remember the, uh, the kick six. Kick six, yeah. Well, Auburn returned a field goal for a touchdown. Oh, this was set up by a muff that. punt. Did y'all see that? That's how Alabama got it, where they got it. Ooh, wow. If Auburn catches a punt, this game might be over. But instead, he got a little push off, but a nice catch. Oh, competing. Got yeah, it. He's competing for that ball. And he got a, uh, a touchdown, and Bama is going to take a late lead here in the Iron Bowl. All right, we go next to Charles in Greenville. Hey, Charles. Dang. Mm. Charles. Chuck. Charlie. Let's try Tommy in Durham. Hey, Tommy. Hey, how you doing? All right. What's up? Guys, I've been, I know a lot of frustration about tonight, but what I've been thinking about is more the conference rules. And, you know, I don't know how East Carolina or the other teams in the conference go to the conference to change some of the rules that they currently have. And, uh, what I'm getting at specifically is, you know, I sit here and I listen about all the challenges, right? You got the, you got NIL, you got transfer portal. You've already got all those challenges that everybody's competing for the same players. And then I look at the Sun Belt and other conferences that still take partial qualifiers. And so how does the American tear down some of the obstacles that we put in front of ourselves. Like, why aren't we taking partial qualifiers? Why aren't we taking guys again that we used to take in the nineties that we're no longer taking now. And so I, you know, with all the challenges, I'm just trying to figure out how does the American stay competitive in a very competitive space? And how do you remove some of the challenges that we put in front of ourselves just because it's a conference rule? Well, I, I I hear you, and I wish it wasn't that way. But I mean, Tulane's figured it out, and and SMU is that uh, you know they were undefeated in the conference. So some teams have worked around it, but I mean that's a you know a Mike Oresco deal, I guess. But you're right. I mean it it has changed on the type of uh, person and student we can bring in and put on the football field. Well, the, the bottom line is everybody's dealing with exactly the same thing. So there's no excuses. Um, you, you can't say, okay, if we had this, if we had that, if we – well, there's a lot of teams in this conference that don't have this or don't have that. And, you know, you just got to go out there and find a way to get it done. If Tulane goes to two straight big bowl games, I don't think Mike Oresco is saying, man, how can we help the American with the athlete? He's fine. Right. They just got another big paycheck. Yeah. So I just I – don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, oh, we got a little fighting going on, a little kung fu fighting. Here we go. What we got? What we got? One guy's hurt. Yeah, he hurt his uh, shoulder. shoulder. Oh, I yeah. just want to yeah. know, with 30 seconds left on the clock, why you bring it out of the end zone? Oh, did he well, get that ball to the floor it, there? It, you know what, Shirley? 
like that's desperation Ooh. a little bit, but you're right. Maybe with 30 seconds, you go ahead and leave it in so you can keep that time on the clock. Yeah. Sometimes you just have a desperation return, but that 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 didn't look like a desperation return because they'll have it where they throw it back and then this guy yeah. tries, uh, tries to catch it and run with it. The Titan Titans used it a few years ago. Well, the Music City Miracle. The Music City Miracle. Music, yes. Yeah. Wycheck to Dyson. Yeah. All right, uh, we go next to Mark in Whiteville. What, All right. What's up, Mark? How you doing? I like the way you pronounce Wyville, by the way. I've been told that's how you say it, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a long-time Pirate fan. Uh, my, my dad and mom met, met in Greenville in the, in the, in the 50s. My, uh, I met my wife there in the 80s. My daughter graduated uh, several years ago, two degrees. So I'm a long-time guy. And, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of negative today, and, and obviously it needs to be negative. It's, it's been a tough, tough year. But, you know, guys, as well as I do, Mike Houston is not going anywhere. Uh, we can't afford to fire him, so we're going to have to figure out some way in the world to get him motivated, to get the right folks in place to turn this thing around. He's got one year to do it, and the only thing I can do is we got to kind of support this team and this, this university as best we can, like I've always done when the day, in the down times. And hopefully we can get it back. If it doesn't, we'll have to move on. Uh, I hope like heck that we don't lose Blake Harrell. If we do, we're in a real, a real world of hurt. Um, you guys are doing a great job here, and I'm gonna hang up. It looks like the Alabama guys are a whole lot more fun than what we did. <laughs> you must be watching clips reaction in here. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I needed that game to end twenty four to. <laughs> Were you betting on the clip? No. What? No, you weren't betting on a game, were you? Nah, <laughs> nah, I didn't think so. <laughs> Nothing to do with that. I wonder. I wonder. Some. I wonder if possibly maybe some of our coaching staff might have been betting on our game. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, with some of the calls the refs were making at, at one stretch there, I was thinking they were going for the over on the game. Well, it's just the way our season's gone. We we ain't got a good call all year. It's just been. It's just you know how, how it goes when things go bad. They send a pilot on each other. No doubt. Uh, in life and on the football field, that's how it goes. Yep. So, somehow or another, we got to get we got to stay positive, and hopefully uh, we got to get. You know, it, it, we're gonna have to get behind this guy next year. So we got to watch, we, we, unless some miracle, <laughs> unless some some uh, beam of glory comes down from above. <laughs> but that's not gonna happen. You guys are doing a great job, and uh, we'll see you in the stands next year. I'll be in my in my place in the upper deck, uh, as I always have, cheering them on. So. All right. We'll try to keep <laughs> that, uh, that positivity like you got, Mark. Thank you, man. What am I going to do? <laughs> there you go. There is uh, Mark in Whiteville. All right, uh, Bobby and Charlie, hang on. We'll get to your calls when we return. Alabama. Chico. Hey, Chico's. Uh, just a few moments ago was trailing in the a few moments ago they had fourth and goal from the 30 right and with 42 seconds left on the clock and that girl is pure tea crying on national she tv <laughs> wow she must have had uh had under 51 and a half <laughs> <laughs> oh man we'll take a break and uh come back and have more of your calls 317-1250 back with you after this You're listening to the U.S. Cellular Fifth Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. All right. What should we watch now? Any good games out there? Get a little Florida State, Florida Florida action, maybe? What time does State and Carolina play? That's at 8. Yeah. In Rollywood. 
Uh, we'll get some Florida State, Florida. Oklahoma State has come back and uh, taken the lead over BYU. They were down Man, a, lot. a couple scores. 14 to 6 at one point, and yeah. then my phone quit updating. And my goodness, Northwestern and Illinois. Northwestern 45, Illinois 43. I thought they didn't score in the Big Ten. They are scoring today. Washington has a lead. Might hit the end of that. Uh, they are up 21-14 on Washington State. As we keep you up to date on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Buck. Dub Buck. 317-1250. Bobby and Charlie. Yeah, no, we're going to Charlie. Charlie in Pittsburgh is up. What's up, Charlie? Hey, Cliff. Hey, fellas. Um, whew, that was a rough one today. You can hear it in my voice. We was up there in section 15. I felt like we didn't stop screaming for the last five minutes of the game. And really, to me, that kind of um, – that's uh, – it's just – it says a lot about the whole season to, to me because, um, you know, I've been following pirate football since the 90s. And um, there's always – a little bit of magic in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, and it's always, my whole life has felt like if we get to the fourth quarter and we've got a chance and you'll give us the ball, we can make something happen. And that just has not been the case this year. By God, we've got, you know, and it's just, it's a, it's a depressing season as compared to even other bad seasons because, you know, a lot of those real bad seasons people bring up, we were just getting beat to death while we were getting beat. But that wasn't the case this year. Gosh knows. I mean, we were within striking distance almost every ball game, and we just uh, – we just – the offense just couldn't do nothing. And that's um, – that's mighty depressing. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a rough year. Um, but, you know, hope springs eternal, and we're going to keep pulling for the Pirates. We're going to keep pulling for the and I don't, man, I'm not, you know, I, you know me from calling in during the Scotty years, I'm not one to call in and call for nobody's job. I just, uh, something's got to change, and I hope they can figure it out in the offseason because uh, I, whew, that was tough this year. But as always, I appreciate what you guys do. Another great year of fifth quarter. And um, I tell you, Marcus and Jason, it was a pleasure having y'all on the show this year, and I appreciate y'all's experience and your love for uh, pirate football uh, so that was it you're a great addition to the show this year so i appreciate it and um yeah we'll see it'll be about a month before i get all jacked up about pirate football for next <laughs> year but uh you know we'll just do the best we can and keep pulling for the pirates thank y'all and uh, go pirates have a good night appreciate you charlie. thank you charlie appreciate you calling in man uh charlie always one of our more positive uh callers here on the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show sounds like it 317-1250. So Washington State just kicked a field goal, but Washington committed a personal foul, so they get a first down, and now the Huskies have it second and goal, and they're going to have Score. a touchdown. Go for two. Uh, oh, you playing scared clip. There's six minutes left. Playing scared clip. There's one You're the minute. underdog. Well, uh, okay. On, All right, on, on the road, you're five and six they against gonna, eleven they, and zero they, team. They're gonna kick it. They're gonna kick it. Yeah, gonna kick it. I'm just trying to see what clips. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby is up in West Palm Beach. What's up, Bobby? Hey, good evening, guys. Um, obviously, not the not the season any of us uh, was looking for. Um, I called in for the first time last week, and I I said, hey, if I was John Gilbert, I would be. Uh, uh, letting Coach Houston go and bringing, uh, getting our defensive coordinator in there and 
just whatever he could bring on offense, I'd take him and make him the head coach. And I'm not convinced that's not going to happen yet. I, I just don't see how we bring Mike Houston back. Um, like other callers, I, I'm sure he's a great guy. Um, but this season has, you know, just been so bad that, um, you know, today was just the, the cherry on top of how things um, ended up there at the end with finally we do something out of the norm on offense in week 12 with two minutes and 25 seconds to go. Uh, about to put the ball away and it, it backfires on us. Um, wasn't the time, wasn't the place, wasn't the situation. Um, that time was two months ago. It was a month ago. It wasn't, wasn't today on senior day. Um, but what, one of the things I pointed out last week is a lot of the reason I've lost faith in Coach Houston is not just what happened on the offense this year, but just some, sort of the, the, the weird situations, the, the quirky calls he makes. And I'll give you an example today that was driving me crazy. I'd love to hear Coach Nichols' comments on this. I know he wasn't – I don't believe he was a special teams coach. But we we blocked the kick today uh, after Tulsa went down the field and scored. And they're setting up for what looks like the last play of the game. They're going to kick a field goal, a, a relatively close field goal. I think it was 33, 34 yards, whatever it was. Kind of expect a, a Division One kicker to make that, that kick. And we had not one. We had not two. We had three defenders – playing for a fake instead of 10 or 11 guys up on a line of scrimmage trying to block that kick to win the game we had three guys playing for a fake i just couldn't believe it it makes me lose complete faith in the man when it comes to situations we've seen it before with timeout debacles Uh, last week not trying to block the kick at punt against navy with a minute and a half to go cincinnati last year Again, not bringing heat. We're, suddenly we're going to become a, a punt return team. Uh, we're going to return punts to win games with 10 seconds, 20 seconds left. I just couldn't believe it. I just love to hear, how do you not rush 10 guys or 11 guys when that's your best chance to win the game? He has three guys back defending a fake. I, I just love to hear what the coach has to say. I, I just couldn't believe it. I'm sitting there watching it, and, and, and it's like, I guess we're just giving up. We're just going to let him kick the ball. I mean, why are we only rushing eight guys? Games on the line, you know, senior day, and you just let them kick the field goal. Yeah, well, um, I, I I failed to realize that on that last kick. I was watching the kicker so much and seeing if he was going to make that kick. I didn't even see what we did defensively. Um, only thing I could think of is maybe they just said, hey, we blocked it out of this alignment previously. Maybe we can block it again. But um, a, a lot of times when you get in those situations, you go to a what you call a jump crew. And what I mean by that is you get your tallest two, three guys, and you put them right behind the, the down linemen. And they go up and they try to jump and be a distraction and try to block the ball or whatnot uh, before it gets up. So um, that's what most people would do in that in that situation and uh, like you said I mean you got to bring everybody I mean what is it it doesn't hurt you to bring everybody because if they fake it on you you're losing anyway so um, but I I totally agree I think you got to sell out on that one and try to get what you can when we blocked the kick in the beginning of the game it was I forget which player it was but he was coming off the edge and if you watch the end of the game on that kick they've got obviously more bodies to block and we have bodies coming it just made it just made no sense. It's just that kind of stuff. It's quirky stuff that it you know it ends up costing us a chance to win the game. I feel like, and maybe if we bring ten guys instead of eight, you know, we can get a get, get there from the edge again, or, or maybe like you said, coach, you know, somebody gets a, a hand up. But 
I don't know. I, I just I just lost all faith in the guy. Um, I'm sure he's a great guy, uh, great family man. I'm sure, but I, I just don't have any faith in him to lead the program anymore. He had a nice five year run, but this is just such a disaster. I don't know how you bring him back. Um, go Pirates, and uh, we'll see you guys next year. Thanks. All right, thank you, Bobby. Uh, another long time caller here on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call In Show three one seven twelve fifty. We go to Greg in Salisbury. Hey, Greg. Greg. No, Greg. Skip is up in Raleigh. What's up, Skip? Hey, what's up, guys? Hope y'all are doing good. Uh, real, real quick. Uh, one thing that I saw, and I, I kind of jumped on and off a little bit. What I saw, I knew we were gonna be in, in for you know, a, a challenge there at the end for the field goal is we had a safety. I think we were playing cover two, were we not, Jason? Where, where you know, the wide receiver, I can't tell if he was, you know, where he came from, but he got he got behind, behind that safety in cover two because the safety had the hash on that side. They, they, they cover half the field from the hash to, to the sideline. That's their job. And he and a wide receiver got, got behind him. Fortunately, he dropped the football. So it's been, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, you know, you talked about, Billy talked about execution earlier and that sort of thing. He's right. You know, I don't know why you run a direct snap if you hadn't run a direct snap the entire year. But, you know, I mean, that's been that's been the summation of the whole year. But how, how do you let somebody get behind you when you're, 15, when you're 15 yards off the ball? How do you let somebody get there? And we got, you know, we got a, we got basically, what, what was it, a walk-on quarterback? God bless him. But, I mean, you know, I mean, we're doing the same things we've been doing all year. Guys, I just want to tell you I appreciate it. Billy, I love you. Jason, I respect the hell out of you. And Cliff, I got got major league, you know, guy love for you guys because you guys do it all the time, all week. But that that stuff today was just, a, you know, spitting image of what we've been about the entire year. Appreciate you guys. Y'all have a good offseason. Appreciate you, thank you Skip. Yeah, thanks for the kind words, Skip. Yeah. Uh, that question you asked Jason was was the exact words Jason said <laughs> while the play was. How do you let that guy back? Yeah. Uh, do you? I mean, what do you just lose the guy or like what? Man, you're not. You, you can't have eye discipline if you do that. I mean, you got to know. I'm reading my keys. I'm reading two through one. It's what they teach those safeties a lot when they're in that cover two shell type type situation and. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, he got back there, so I, I mean, you can't do it because that really should have ended the game right yeah. there. I mean, but tried to catch it with his face, which usually yeah. does. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a hard thing to do. <laughs> All right, three one seven twelve fifty. We got open lines if you want to jump in right now on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call In Show. We'll take a break, come back, and uh, have more of your calls and update you on what's going on across the college football landscape. Three one seven twelve fifty. Back with you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, with uh, about four minutes left in the game, uh, Washington State and Washington are tied at 21 apiece. 
as uh, that one is getting down to uh, the winning minutes. Tennessee leading Vanderbilt. They're going to win this game. There's only 30 seconds left. 48-24 is that score. Uh, Northwestern survives Illinois 45-43. Oklahoma State and BYU have gone into overtime. They are tied at 34 apiece. Uh, Let's take a look at some of the other uh, games that have gone into finals from uh, just a little while ago. Uh, San Jose State defeated UNLV 37-31. App State throttled Georgia Southern 55-27. Alabama beat Auburn 27-24. Wisconsin gets a win over Minnesota 28-14. Virginia Tech uh, throttles Virginia 55-17. Notre Dame and Stanford underway. Stanford has a 3-0 lead in the first quarter. And that is a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard brought to you by the Buck. They have all the fun for your Sunday fun day covered. Every Sunday kick off the day with the largest 4K screen in Greenville along with 18 TV so you don't miss a game. They have mimosa specials, a Bloody Mary menu, and pizza all day from Pizza Hut. And don't forget the weekly jersey giveaway starting at 5 o'clock. Score every Sunday at the Buck. Now let's head back into the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. All right. Thank you, Shirley Rhodes. Chan Man at the video production board. Billy Weaver, Jason Nichols here. Washington in a similar spot Alabama was in. Uh, Washington State has the ball trying to do something here. It's 21 all with 252 left to go. And Washington fighting for their playoff lives here. They're 11-0. Uh, they've got Oregon in the Pac-12 championship next week and maybe a little look ahead to that mm. as they are in a game right now with the Cougs. All right, uh, we have open lines if you want to jump in, 317-1250. Shirley is getting a phone call right now that's going to go right on the air, and that would be Randy in Florence, South Carolina. Hello, Randy. Hey. So to add on and pile on to the uh, previous callers about the absolutely, unbelievably ludicrous decision to call a, a trick play, on first down of all downs. Um, you know, if you're going to do that, why don't you have Bond or some other, uh, more like, how should we say, Dwayne Harris-style running back if it was going to be a direct snap? I mean, first of all, I would have never called a freaking direct snap to a running back when you just need to run the clock out. But, okay, even if you're going to do that, I mean, Rajay Harris to, to snap it to him? I mean, jeez. Uh, yeah, it's a weird time to call it, but also, so, how many times did Rajay catch that snap in practice this week? And, yeah, and, and I, I don't. The ball? I mean, I don't have a problem with the the play and the personnel and all that. The timing of it, obviously, is is crazy. But as far as you know, I mean, do you expect your running back to catch passes out of the backfield? Um, I expect Rajay to take that direct snap and catch it and you know, tuck the ball and run. Um, so I don't have a problem with the personnel or with the play itself. When it was called uh, is, yeah, yeah, they're very questionable. Uh, obviously, I wouldn't have made that call at that time. You 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 play it safe, but, you know, as far as I, I think, I don't think you have, I, I don't think you put anybody else in there. I think Rajay should have secured that ball. Yeah, you give it to a true freshman and it happens. We have even more people right, complaining right, about it, honestly. Right. So. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah. And and you're giving it to the guy that has been hot all game, had two well, huge runs, and was making some tough runs in between the tackles. And so I don't have a problem with that. I went back and watched that play on on the uh, internet, and I tell you what, if he catches that pitch, yeah, yeah. that was definitely going to be a first down, if not a touchdown. But that's why execution is so important. Right, right. That's why all year people say, why haven't we done this? Why haven't we done that? Yeah. That's probably the reason why, because we don't execute it. And as an offensive coordinator, you're like, ah. Well, and the thing is, is we are all scratching our heads in why they made that call. You can imagine the defense was not ready for a call like that. So like you said, had the players executed that, it's at least a first down, maybe even a touchdown. And then we're talking about a different thing now. Yep. So it's all, you know, it's there's that fine line. Will is up next in Moorhead City. Hello, Will. Hey, hello. I'm going to give the phone up to Steve Logan. <laughs> when you are at East Carolina, you go for it every time. Or you don't go to East Carolina, you don't come to East Carolina, you don't play in East Carolina with a weak heart. Write that down. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> Thank you, Coach. Uh, all right, guys. Yeah, man. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think everyone should get their checkbooks out. Um, it's a new era for college football, unfortunately, and uh, we got to join Team Boneyard. Uh we have 180,000 alumni in our uh, in our inventory, and that amounts to if everyone were to give $25 a month for the year, that would amount to $54 million a year. I know that's a little absurd, but uh, even if you were to amount it to um, did you drop Will, or did you stop talking? Yeah. I'm- I'm sorry. I don't know. All I'm trying to say is... No problem. Jason's trying to do your math. Yeah, because I, I, when I heard that $54 million, that's that's a huge number. <laughs> is that is that right? Did you do that math? And you said $25 a month for the year and then 180000 I, was <laughs> I don't know if our math hey, goes that high. I think it's $112 trillion. <laughs> he, he, he said $52 a month. Right? No, no, $25 a month. That's where it went. Uh-huh. 25 Yeah. $300 a, $300 a year. Okay. Three. So it's yep. 300 times 180000 <laughs> Yeah. I doubled it. There we go. 54. Wow. I was I was going for the big time. Why 25? I wanted to go for 54. Realistically, that's not going to happen. But we, we on average, graduate 7,400 people a year. And that amounts to about $2.2 million if every one of those people. All right. Uh, Will's got the numbers on the UBE stat sheet on uh, what we all need to do. Good stuff. All right. Uh, anything else, Will? Uh, no, I just everybody needs to pay up. Pay up in order to get good players. Okay, yeah. so so being a little bit more realistic, uh, if we did that math, twenty five dollars a month for twelve months, three hundred dollars, and twenty thousand people did that, that's six million dollars. Yeah, and that's that's doable. Hundred eighty thousand is is not doable. No, no, no. You can't but I mean, in that in the realistic world, 
and six million dollars for East Carolina towards NIL. Oh, that's you huge. could do a lot with that. That's huge. That would be huge. All right, a call to action from Will, uh, Team Boneyard, and uh, businesses uh, around here can do it. Pirate Radio is involved uh, with NIL with the athletes you see uh, and hear on our airwaves. So. Uh, it is you're not going to hear less about nil you're only so going to hear more and more about it moving forward so i'm telling you remember a couple of weeks ago i had said something about nil and you know with the administration and people getting on the phone and having that interaction with people i thought about this you know when i was at witn we did a telethon for children's miracle network every year why can't we do an nil telethon i know or a radiothon yeah and get people and because that that usually that got people going it really did. And if you put them on the air and, you know, I mean, can we do that? Good question. You have to call compliance. Mm. But I, I do know they do have student athletes that will reach out to alums. They do. They do put student athletes. That, let me let me tell you what. If if I got a call from uh, even if, it, you know, Mason Garcia or. I, Rajay called me personally and said, hey, you know, we need your help. Can you donate? You know, it's hard to say no. It's hard to say no. It's hard. It really is. It's hard to say no. It's like that little girl that comes to my door and wants to the sell some Girl Scout, Girl Scout, Scout that's, that's candy. Right. They sell right. Girl Scout candy now, too. She can't. She got my money. <laughs> I couldn't tell her no with her mom standing there. Because <laughs> like I said before, you can send out emails and you can send out mail. Uh, that's just going to get ripped up and torn because there's no personal interaction. You could right. It's easy to say no when you don't have to look somebody in the eyes or if you have to listen to them and say, come on now, if you're a Pirate fan, don't don't you want to help? If Brandon Johnson came to my door, I couldn't say no. Right, right. <laughs> like, it, look, Brandon, it, look, you got it. If, if Rajay came to my house, look, I'm a, my daughter's about to have a son, my, my first grandson. Now, when he's about two or three years old, and I and and Grandpa has got son, you know, grandson at the house. He's three years old. A guy like Rajay or somebody comes up, and my son, my grandson lights up. Oh my, my wallet's open, <laughs> wide open. Here, hundred dollars, two hundred dollars. What you need? What you need? <laughs> got to figure, figure out ways to get it done, man. No doubt, you're right. Uh, Chad says, I paid tuition to get my degree from ECU. Why should I give more? Uh, Elliot says, wonder how much Houston and the AD and Chancellor give. I Megan said says, some may have to decide to give to Pirate Club. Between giving to Pirate Club, traveling from Charlotte, I can't give more than I do. Okay, well, don't. It's fine. That's all right. That, I mean, nobody's forcing you. Um, but, you know, if you can, do it. Uh, Bill is in the Ville of Winter, Winterville. Hey, Bill. Bill, Bill, we didn't make you hold on that long, dude. Bill hit mute. Come on, Bill. 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 Andy. Uh, the Andy in Charlotte. Uh -oh. Andy in Charlotte. What's up, Andy? Take this job and shove it. <laughs> <laughs> here no more. <laughs> hold on, hold on, guys. Hang on, hang on. Y'all hear that? How's my how's my dang golf swing? I just <laughs> sliced it, man. I I hooked it last week, and now I'm slicing it. Oh my god! Direct snap. What we ran that in practice, and every time we took it to the house. But hey, hey, four, four. Hey, hey, hang on. Coach Houston's here. He wants to talk to you. Hang on, hang on. All right. All right. 
How's everybody doing? Obviously disappointed, especially in the way the game ended. Anticipated a close game. Disappointed for those seniors and how their careers ended as Pirates. We've got a great group of kids out there who fought their tails off, but obviously hasn't translated into wins. Thought we had a chance to, to win there, but we didn't execute there at the end. Enter some buzzwords here. No need to hit the panic button, especially for those with, uh, with hate in their hearts. Think we'll have a good week of practice. Wait, I mean, uh, hopefully we'll have a good week in the practice of spring. I don't know. Well, <laughs> uh, but uh, I'll leave you with kids, compete, practice, go Pirates. And uh, hold on, the real Andy wants to talk to you guys. Is that okay? <laughs> sure. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Andy. So uh, thanks for letting me. Uh, hopefully I've, I've broken the monotony up for you guys the past few weeks. I know uh, it gets a little uh, it gets a little redundant. So yeah, but 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 hey, in all honesty, guys, you know I, I I'm a huge 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 pirate fan. Long lineage of pirates in my family: uncle, brother, cousin, and uh, you know all these comments here. It's a great synopsis of the season, but let's call it out here real quick. We lost to a three and eight Tulsa team today. I'll repeat that: we lost to a three and eight Tulsa team today. I was I graduated from ECU in two thousand. I was on a five year plan from ninety five to two thousand. We went thirty seven and twenty. Thirty seven and twenty, and I remember that. Like I carry that record in my head. So every time that we we lose. And whatever tenure it is, whoever's coaching, I, 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 I look at whatever that record may be, and I, I can't even fathom what, where we're at. So uh, I actually moved back to North Carolina a few years ago. I was out west for a number of years, and I'm finally in a place where I'm going to, you know, thinking about joining the Pirate Club, thinking about donating, giving my hard-earned money to the Pirate Club. But I'm kind of sitting idly by as I watch this, and I'll be honest with you, I'm I, I'm I'm hesitant at this point, and I'm not going to do it until I see what happens with with Gilbert and his decision, what kind of decision he makes, because uh, until he does, I'm not going to give any of my money to the Pirate Club or or, or NIL for that matter, and that that pains me to say it. I don't say that happily and proudly, but uh, that's it, guys. You guys do a great job. Hopefully I've uh, created some chuckles for you guys and broken up the knotty, like I say. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens next season. Look forward to talking to you next season. Go Pirates. All right, Andy. You'll have a new offensive coordinator to uh, try to learn the voice of next year. No, that's that's not. He's just got access to coaches. You thought those were voices? Oh, he's really hanging out with them? Yeah. I, he said he's got a long lineage of ECU blood huh. and all that he puts into the university. He's got access to these coaches. Washington <laughs> could have access to the college football playoff if they could win this one and the Pac-12 championship, and they've got it on they the 16. <gasps> oh! Penix is sacked. Any timeouts? They do they have, have a timeout. Time so they should Man. just what, let this run down, I guess. And Washington it, it, State it, it, had a shot well. to intercept, intercept that last pass. They've had two shots two intercepted. Shots. Yeah. Uh, so Washington will have a last-second field goal here <clears throat> after Penix mm. takes a sack. And uh, we'll let you know 
how that one turns out uh but right now we go to indian trail north carolina and talk to buster hello buster buster rhymes Woo-ha. hey uh how you guys doing doing good all right uh i'm just curious what you guys think about where east carolina stands within the aac um talking nil wise I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, uh, but Jason has. I'm curious, like where you where you think we stand? Um, I just I just think with with this new newfound nil money and everything, I just think we're bottom tier. We don't well, donors like everybody else. I don't know. I, I, I think mean, we might be middle of the pack. Yeah, you know, we the conference has changed so much with all these newer teams. I, I don't know what uh, UAB Texas, and yeah. North Texas and UTSA. And, yeah, I have no clue what those guys probably bring to the table uh, from a financial setting. But so, you've got FedEx University who's doing good. FedEx, SMU, well. SMU a lot. they've got a ton of leaving. cash. Yeah, well, the guy FedEx just gave fifty million this week. You saw that, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know we have more than Navy and incoming Army. <laughs> True. <laughs> well, you do, but you don't. They got, they got a lot of money here. I'm just saying NIL money. Oh, I got you. Well, they give you boots, so. You <laughs> <laughs> we don't cool, like cool camouflage uniforms. Yeah, the real ones. Absolutely. I I just feel. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm watching this Washington. Uh, we are <laughs> so too. We, we are too. <laughs> oh, you're That's ahead of us. Don't tell us what happens. Yeah, we're, we're we're still on. They're replaying the reverse they ran earlier. Hey, <laughs> shit. Sorry, sorry. Don't don't don't, don't tell oh, us. Don't tell us. Then. I'm not gonna say it, but uh, I was just curious, like, what, how you think we stand and how our future looks? Because I know we have a very young team. I just, I just don't know how the future of this this program is gonna look. And I was just curious what your thoughts were, because I feel like when people come on this, they just, they all they do is talk, and I want to hear you guys, your guys' uh, opinions and everything. I mean, we had a huge boost. The field goal is good by Washington, so they survived. All right, yeah. I'm <laughs> and knock off the Cougars. Uh, just last <laughs> week, last couple weeks, a big boost yeah. in the NIL, and it's I'm starting to see more of it out there. And, and I don't think we are in the slums uh, of the American when it comes to that, uh, Buster. But, again, we're not on top. But uh, I don't know. It depends on – a lot of it might depend on how the team looks next year. If people are ponying up NIL, are they committed enough to do it through another losing season? But on the flip side, if you have a winning season, obviously it's going to have people even more excited to give. So what what does the team look like next year? Are people going to say, damn, I gave all that money and we won three games again or four games, whatever? So. Yeah, if you lose, I'm sure you you're going to have a harder time trying to bring people back to the to the plate, you know, yeah. it's it's just part of it. If you can win, winning cures everything, right? I mean, now it's easy to go ask people for their money because you're winning. Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the future is going to hold. I do know that this is something that we got to really be serious about because that's going to be the, the future. I mean, right now, NIL is going to run college football. And so uh, the alumni, um, all those that's associated with East Carolina Athletics, you're going to have a big factor in, in, in moving us up to relevance because the more that we can have with NIL is going to be better. the better team you can purchase. I mean, it's basically yeah. your stockholders. You want us to succeed? Put more money into it. And, uh, you know, and so... That's that's really where it's going to lie at. 
we got a florida gators touchdown they take a six nothing lead over florida state it truly is a survival night here and alabama survived washington survived can florida state survive we talked about that on the pregame jason yeah they they missing the one guy that they can't lose washington and alabama still had their starting quarterback true and uh i believe did louisville lose today louisville did lose today yeah so they will be limping into the acc championship next week to face florida state florida state trying not to lose their uh, college football playoff hopes tonight but they are trailing in the swamp uh very uh let's see early in the second quarter we will take a break come back have our brown and wood drive of the game and we have open lines if you want to jump in 317-1250 Elliot says, we won many years without NIL. Well, well, well <laughs> Elliot, let's... Elliot, I can't take... NIL just took place, buddy. So you're right. We probably won a lot before we had NIL. But NIL is relevant now. It, it is a now thing. We're not living in 20 years ago. We're talking about a year ago. Elliot. Well, you know, we used to win when the forward pass was illegal. <laughs> Elliot, I told and you. you could only run the football. Two hours ago to log off and you didn't take my advice. <laughs> and now it's really coming back to haunt you. Oh, is that why you took that person? You told him to log uh, off? He's, he's just, he's had a rough night on YouTube. A rough, a rough year, a rough career on YouTube. <laughs> uh, Jack is up when we return. U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Back with you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. All right. You got some calls during the break. John, Craig, Jack, we'll get to you in a moment. Got Shirley Rhodes answering your calls. Got the Honeycut man, Chandler Honeycut here. The Weave uh, pays, by the way, asking uh, if Billy still has his OnlyFans page. Said you could use some of that money for NIL. <laughs> Man, if I had if I had an OnlyFans page, there wouldn't be any there wouldn't be no fans on that page. <laughs> you would be your OnlyFans. I would be my OnlyFans. <laughs> yes. so, so we're being dead. Is that? What I don't know. Saying? My wife might be my fan. She would. <laughs> she might pony up. I might get you know a dollar from her. But does she have a page? <laughs> Clip. Come on. Come on. It's the last man. show of the season. Jason Nichols also here. Speaking of which, I was asking for you, dude. Uh, Speaking of which, I, throw this on me. I, I I don't really know anything. I know that women, I guess, do men make money? Is that a thing? Can men make money on? What, are you interested in that? I just don't. I don't know anything I'm sure about anybody it. Anybody can. Do I really it. don't know anything about it. I don't. I just know that people make millions and millions of dollars on there. Yeah, I don't think that's for guys like me. But, uh, <laughs> maybe for some out there. Uh, I think we passed that age limit now. There. Yeah. Uh, Jason's probably ready for us to move on from this conversation. Yeah. Uh, John, Craig, hang on. Let's go to Jack in Charlotte. What's up, Jack? What's going on, Clipper? Uh, good to hear your voice. All right, let's cut straight to it, man. All right, we have been in a commentator drought. These commentators, you probably heard it when we got to the fourth quarter. They're, they're, they're terrible. I don't know where we find these guys, but they are the most obnoxious, annoying, uninformed people to ever listen to um so i'll tell you one time that really got to me so did you watch it on tv i assume yeah i did the um the play where their player got ejected for targeting on offense oh yeah 
and they had no clue what was going on and whoever was producing the game kept showing the highlight for them almost to say hey guys look at your monitor at this replay i keep showing in slow motion and they are oblivious to anything happening on the field they didn't figure it out until after the referee had announced it and and they keep zooming in on the paint coming off it's like no that that's not targeting well and as a guy who has been in the booth before and done color analysts on tv and stuff that's a producer problem right there because if you play those replays and i used to have producers in my ear all the time look at your replay look at your replay or they'll, they'll let you know and instead well, yeah, of just, they didn't let those so guys yeah know, the, that that to, to me sounds like a producer problem right there so those guys were oblivious they were looking at what was going on on the field and not looking at their monitor and there wasn't a producer saying hey y'all you need to look at this it, this looks like it's going to be on the offense so I, not that i'm taking up for them because i i didn't i was in the stadium so i didn't see the the announcers but i did hear that they were not very good hard job um yeah no, for sure a hard job but just just a little rant there um, and we probably talked about this before, but I mean, there's holding on in every play. But I mean, I, I felt like today it was it was just blatant obvious, um, and um, that was that was just kind of annoying. It's like oh, holding again on uh, on about every pass play. Um, it was kind of cool when the center got taken out. Um, it was a plus for us. Um, but but what really worries about worries me going going forward is Mike playing the playing the wrong guys i think we go back every year and we can pinpoint players that cost us in crucial situations um first year we have our left tackle that i mean he's our right tackle he gets blown up about every play um and we go back you got 88 today that i mean we're up 14-6 he doesn't muff that punt even if we get a field goal or punt it we got the momentum on our side. I think this game is is completely flipped. So that that worries me going forward. And when have we seen a punter cost us as much problem as the now former ECU punter that it happened today? So that 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 worries me. I did listen to the uh, Houston post game press conference, and I, I mean I hope he lights a fire under him that that he like sits down and thinks about all the things that he did wrong. Um, because we've seen Houston just can't manage a game, and there's no confidence that he can manage a game. If he's not the severe underdog, I got, there's, I don't know. You go back to his first year, and he, he's competitive with games, and now now it's just like he doesn't know what he's doing. So uh, that's that's really all I got. I, I just, just kind of worry going forward. Hey, can we make the right guys? Uh, you saw this guy play four years, and, at quarterback, no, yeah, let's just roll him out there. Um, I think he thinks that hey, if you had a good practice, it's going to translate to the game, but that's not always the case. Um, the lights are brighter sometimes, and uh, our guys just didn't shine. So that's all I got. All right, thank you, Jack. And by the way, um, did he say or now former punter Luke Larson? Is that what he was saying? Because Luke Larson uh, is a sophomore, despite his age, his old age. So uh, yeah, and he's like thirty years old or something like that. Yeah, I think he's uh, over thirty, and still has a couple more years if you know <laughs> he decides to come back and the team decides to have him. So just throwing that out. Yeah, there. the shank that he had today was pretty bad. Yep. Ended up uh, on the like forty-five yard line or something like that. Florida State. Well, Crocky mate, you go out there and try to punt a football. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Crocky mate, Luke, is that you? <laughs> I gotta go. All right, uh, Craig is up. Craig in Rocky Mount. Hello, Craig. 
Hey, fellas, how's it going? Craig here. Yep, Second I said one. your name. Houston, we have a problem. Mike Houston's got to go. He's got to go. Okay. Is that it? Well, I, I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I... I, I, just, I don't know if he will go. That's that's what I'm saying. He probably won't, which is what I, I hated. <laughs> well, then what, <laughs> so what do we do? We got to talk, talk to somebody. He's got to go. We cannot <laughs> We're not the right ones to call. You called nope. the wrong people about that, buddy. <laughs> Do you think uh, think deep in your your mind there, Craig? What's a scenario where we can win with Mike Houston as head coach next year? If I can be completely honest, yeah, there is no scenario that we can. Win. <laughs> Not a single one. I just I've done the math. I just don't see a scenario we win with Mike Houston, man. I do. New quarterback, Unless, entire offensive line. Better receivers. Let's get Art Manning. I don't see a way Mike Houston got to lead this team to a bowl game anymore. Okay. All right, Craig. We'll uh, we'll see what happens there. Thank you, Craig. There went Craig. The city on the rise, Rocky Mount. Yes, they called it that thirty years ago. Is it still on the rise? I guess. All right. John is up in Hampton, Come on, Virginia. Craig. Hi, Craig. <laughs> John, what's up? Most people don't know that movie. No, you got to know That's that movie. I said, Craig. Come on, Craig. Sorry. John, what's up, man? Okay. First off, I'm going to be sincere here. I'm not going to be cute like I typically am. So I guess it was, I don't know, the fifth game into the season. Of course, the time or two I called in, very animated, yada, yada, yada. And, I, you know, whatever game it was, Weaver can tell you, I got away from the call-in shows, deleted all the ECU football pages and whatnot, got away from all my colorful comments, and, and really took a step away from even keeping up with, with ECU football. Uh, sure, I knew who we were playing, kind of knew what time it was. Of course, it's never really on TV. But, you know, here's the thing. So it, it took this big, whatever you want to call it, political showdown for everybody to, you know, go against, you know, Donnie to get rid of him. And, and we finally convinced, I guess, the coach, whoever, to get rid of him. But the issue is, so who are we going to bring in? Another run-minded offensive coordinator that's just going to do the pretty much the same thing under his boss. So I understand we can't really afford to buy out the coach like these big SEC schools, but I mean, yeah, I, I still I still think there's a you know issue there with the head coach and maybe a level or, or two above it, but uh, again, it's not just this team or season. You know, for a long time, ECU football has been mediocre. Yeah, we've had a handful of years where we did great and we beat some big teams, but we're not consistent. And, you know, 
you know, when we got in the AAC and when we got in Conference USA, we were the last team to get in. We had to sell our souls. We had to lie, cheat, and steal to get in. And and here we are, you know, bottom dwellers. And I know everybody says, yeah, there's much more money in the AAC versus the Sun Belt. And I don't want to get into that argument, but I mean, heck, think if we were in the Sun Belt this year, where do you think we would be in the Sun Belt? Uh, in the same spot. Right now, we're zero and two in the Sun Belt. So <laughs> probably close to last. Yeah, and I, I, it, I'm just uh, the point. Here's the point I'm making. What you know? What can we do to get out of this and to get where we you know? I'm gonna say think we want to be. I mean, we. We, I don't know, just don't don't ha- don't have the zealous, so to speak. Well, I just think that, that, and I love to hear your comment. Well, when you say get out of where we are, I mean, you know, it's going to come down to you know football changes, and that's like we just said. With somebody texting or or was DMing here with with clip on the uh, inter- on the uh, what was that Facebook. But anyway, he was like, we used to win in the past without oh, NIL. Yeah. YouTube, yeah. And, you know, it's an NIL um, season right now. I mean, that's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to give all in. But it's not just NIL. I, I totally agree with that. We got to make sure that we are continuing to develop players here. And the scary proposition with that is you may develop a player and he may leave. So you got to really get into roster management as far as I'm losing this, I need to go get this and and stay on top of that type of stuff to stay competitive. Um, but, you know, what you're saying is since we've been in the AAC, the AAC is totally different than when we first got into the AAC right now. It's totally different. There's no reason why I agree that we should be probably at the bottom right now. There's no way. When you're telling me UAB just came in here, UTSA just came in here, Florida Atlantic just came in here, uh, all, North Texas just came into this league, you know, um, there's no way we should be at the bottom. No. Now, that's been the most frustrating. Charlotte. Charlotte stands out. Charlotte came in here, <laughs> yeah. and early on in the year, that's where I was more frustrated at. I'm like, man, you know, I remember the days when you know, and, and I hate to be that guy to say, oh, when I played or when we did this and when we did that. But if you go back and look at the history, man, I mean, we would have loved to have a schedule like this. No doubt, would have loved to have it. And the the the. The thing that the difference now is now we can't even compete with this type of schedule that we have. I mean, you know, and so that's that's been the most frustrating thing. Uh, it's different here, man. You got to bring people in here that understands. You got to roll up your sleeves. You got to be willing to do more with less, and 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 put that chip on your shoulder and go to work. I, I tried to say that early on in the season because that's what pirates are. What what did I say? You need to hire pirates. You need people that come in here. Like you said, th- those are the people that know about the chip on the shoulder. Those are people that want to come in here and better the program and don't want to use this as a stepping stone. I understand what East Carolina is, and I know that a lot of people use East Carolina to get to that next level. And that's fine, because if you're going to come in and make the program better than when it was when you first got here and when you leave, that's fine. But that doesn't always happen. You got to be here for the rough times too, and you got to have pirates in here and guys that know that chip and, and take that seriously. Well, you know, 
some guys do put a premium on that. Yeah. Um, Dabo Sweeney's been one of the best ones to ever do it. Yeah. And uh, when you get under his, when you when you go there, there you're you're good as far as if you ever want to get started under him and coaching because he calls it the Clemson way. And everybody, every program has their own identity. You know what I'm saying? But um, you got to be willing to do more with less, man. You got to be able to fix problems throughout the season when they arise. And some of that is maybe we don't have the best O-line. We've never had the best no. O-line here at East Carolina University. We're never going to have the best. O-line here at East Carolina University. But you know what you can find? You can find good running backs. You can find good receivers. You can yep. find good skill guys. And you can find a quarterback. And good coordinators to work with uh, subpar O-line like we had you know, with Lincoln Riley and, and, other, and in your day, Jason. Yeah. Open it up. Do some creative things. And that's why I, I, I don't understand why the play calling wasn't better all season because like I said today, you saw that they got they you saying okay our offensive line isn't the best so what do you do you roll out move your quarterback pocket. you move the pocket <laughs> they did that today very successfully because a lot of times even on that like i said on that touchdown pass play action roll out touchdown pass what 20 yards or whatever it was but they rolled the quarterback out of the pocket get him moving away hide the deficiencies of that offensive line, and they were successful when they did that in the first half. Man, listen, uh, I, I, I said that way back in early, you early did. the season you did. with you, right? Only reason I said that is because I had an experience when I worked with a guy, Todd Berry. We were at the University of Louisiana Monroe. We did, you want to think, you, you think we have a bad old line here. You ought to go see what we had to deal with back then. But we found ways to minimize their role. Right. Part of that was moving the pocket. Part of that was quick game. Part of that was getting it to empty and counting the box. If they removed the guys out of there, we had a built-in QB draw that he was going to run. And guess what? Uh, Auburn just ran it versus Alabama. How many, how many designed QB draws do we see today with a guy that's not a running quarterback? True. I mean, we but, we saw it today. But that's and 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 that's what you have to play to your strengths. And so so sometimes, man. I mean, you know, when you get into this thing, how do we get better? You're right. You got to get people that have done more with less. Yeah. And those people will come in here and typically have experiences that they learn from that can help you. All right, uh, got a couple of callers, but you want to take our last. All right, last call for your calls three one seven twelve fifty. We'll take a break. We'll get to Jackson and Steve. We'll hit the Brown and Wood drive of the game and have more for you when we return on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show. Back with you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular Fifth Quarter Post-Game Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. Now, with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rose. All right, let's take one last look at what's going on. Florida has a 10-0 lead over Florida State with just under nine minutes to go in the first half. Stanford leads Notre Dame 16-14 with about six minutes left to go in the first half. It's West Virginia 17, Baylor 14 in the second quarter. And uh, Charlotte and South Florida are tied at seven apiece with just under two minutes to go in the first quarter. Clemson and South Carolina are tied at seven in the first. Also, Georgia, Georgia Tech tied at seven. Cincinnati has a 3-0 lead over Kansas at the start of the second quarter. Kansas State is trailing Iowa State 7-0 in the first quarter. And uh, North Carolina and NC State will be kicking off 
uh, actually have kicked off no score as of yet. And that is a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard brought to you by the Buck. They have all the fun for your Sunday Fun Day covered. Every Sunday, kick off the day at the Buck with the largest 4K screen in Greenville, along with 18 TVs. So you don't miss any of the action. They'll have a Mosa specials, a Bloody Mary menu, a pizza all day from Pizza Hut, and a weekly jersey giveaway that starts at 5 o'clock. Score every Sunday at the Buck. Now let's head back in to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Alright, that was Shirley's last Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard update of the year. Can I give a shout out? Sure. Because I'm a man of my word and I told this couple today that I would give them a shout out for their 40th anniversary on the fifth quarter. But shout out to Kay and Stanley Barrow, their 40th anniversary. Their 40th wedding anniversary. All right. Congratulations on 40 years. Uh, Clip Rock, Jason Nichols, Billy Weaver here with you. Shirley Rhodes taking your calls. Chon on the video board. Florida up 10-0 and uh, driving here on Florida State. Uh, so the Gators, well, not necessarily driving. They got the ball at their own 22. Uh, but third and five they are facing right now. And we have calls. Locked Go Gator. In. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Mark, Johnny, Jackson. We'll get to you in a moment. We'll get to Steve and Raleigh right now. Hey, Steve. Hey, how are we doing, guys? Right. Um, two quick things. One, I feel like our offense opened up a little bit tonight, but that was only due to the poor, poorest defense that Tulsa is. I think Tulsa might be the worst defense we faced all year outside of Gardner-Webb. Um, just a quick note, I saw you guys trying about that. Um, and then question, do you guys think Alex, Finn, Alex Flynn is the uh, quarterback next year? <laughs> no, sir. Mm-mm. Did you watch what we watched? <laughs> Yes, yeah. I don't know how you can. And I asked Alex Flynn this week what his plans are for next year, and he said he's undecided. He did not walk today. If he chooses to, you know, he could come back if the team would have him, obviously. So, uh, but he wasn't, you know, one way or the other saying he would or wouldn't play football. But I, I said on the pregame today, I said the over-under basically at a half. Like, how many quarterbacks do you think will be back next year that are on this roster? What number did you say? I said one. one. Yeah. That was a popular answer. Yeah. One or zero. I didn't hear anything higher than one. No. From everybody no. I asked. So. Yeah. I think Flynn, but here's here's my – so there's a quarterback over at another American conference school that's equally as bad as we are. Uh, we got lit up by him. His name's E.J. Warner. We <laughs> need to get E.J. Warner in the purple and gold. Um, and I think we can do it because his team is worse than ours. Uh, <laughs> well, who are you? What team is that? Temple, and I believe he's already transferred once. We could have another Cam Hayes situation on our hands. Um, but he hasn't transferred yet. So uh, did he? He started at Temple. He started at Temple. Okay, I'm wrong. As a freshie, um, and if we get if we get um, homeboy, we can also get his dad's money. So that's uh, two birds with one stone right there. All right, but 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 in all serious, I think he's a he's a very good quarterback. I don't know if he's going to solve every problem that we have, um, but we need to light up his Twitter, uh, get him into the little portal, and uh, get EJ Warner in the purple and gold. Well, I'll tell you this: a lot of people, and and including myself, say, "Hey, we need a new quarterback. We need a new coach." I like that you at least have a guy in mind. I don't know how realistic it is, uh, but EJ Warner, son of Kurt Warner is on uh steve's mind and wants to see oh, him here in greenville why, that's yeah. why he wants that's his money dad's yeah, got some money yeah okay well. I, I have about 10 bucks we can throw to him uh you give me 10 
Jason throws in 10. Chandler's got five at least. And we got about 50 bucks right there. Uh, I think that's enough for a signing bonus. <laughs> All right. I like, I, I like your uh, proposition. <laughs> There we go. Once again, we'll contact compliance before we do any of this. Hey, it's all legal. Uh, it's all yeah. There's uh, yeah. there's no rules. Nuh-uh. Okay, you fair enough. And we're we're not part of the university, so we're yeah. not giving on behalf of the university. We just can't we're talk to him now. right now until the what fourth is when it. All right, happens. December fourth. But but you can call his his coach yeah, you, you, and, and you can and let DM. him know that you really like him and you can do all that good stuff. All right, Steve, I'm with you, man. Thanks, guys. You guys have a good night. You too. All right, we go to Newark, New Jersey, and talk to Jackson. Hello, Jackson. All right, let's try uh, try Johnny in Raleigh next. Hey, Johnny. Cliff, uh, man, this is gonna be an interesting off season. I mean, just to see how it all shakes out, and <clears throat> I mean, I've been a Pirate fan since the '78. Tony Collins Independence Bowl and then really dialed in at the eighty three team. But I mean, what's about to happen, man, we ain't got no control over as fans. I mean, everything will be said and done, uh, from the moves that are made and people can speak with their season tickets or whatever, but Pirate Nation, I challenge you. Where you do have control is get yourself out to Menjis. Um, go to a women's game. Go to the men's game. The day wasn't good up in the D.C. area, but they did some good things. They just need, need some more consistency, and that's something you can control. Everybody always wants to look at it like football season ends, like when's baseball. Let's just run through it, and what's going to happen is going to happen to football. We'll pick it back up at spring football and see where we're at, and uh but I just uh, wanted to give a little bit of support to the basketball teams, and let's go from there. Go Pirates. All right, going to be a fun one Thursday night when UNCW comes to town. We've you covered a bunch of those, I'm sure. Yeah, that, that's a game that needs to be played every year. And went to some as a student yeah, probably too, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, back in the day, it was it was a lot of fun. And, and even going up to Trask. Trask is a fun place to play up there. And that that's a game that should be played every year. I'm just glad that game's on the schedule. Yeah, and good to get them here uh, coming up on Thursday night. All right, uh, last call tonight, last call of the season is Mark and Carrie. What's up, Mark? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Can't believe I'm the last call of the season. But no pressure, but it's got to be real good now. <laughs> well, it may not be. Um, the, the guy had, some guy had called earlier and brought up this issue about partial qualifiers. Seems to me that in the uh, in this time frame we're in with NIL, so these players are really not amateur athletes anymore. They're semi-pro or professional players. You know, the the veil has been lifted on this farce. Why not allow partial qualifiers? Let them play. And, uh, you know, a lot of them are not going to finish school anyway. To me, it's a total joke. And and I guess the NCAA does this to, uh, to try to justify things. But uh, this... This whole part of college football, I don't understand. And if you're going to have NIL and you're going to be paying kids and they're no longer amateurs, why not let the partial qualifiers play? 
Well, that's my comment. We were having an all fair conversation about, you know, if this whole thing splits from the NCAA, then right. what happens with. Yeah. I, I don't know if like test scores well, and showing up to class and all. I don't know. Yeah. Well, listen, okay. If you go to partial qualifiers and they start letting everybody sign partial qualifiers, guess where they're not coming. <laughs> yeah, Jason, but we just wanted to be here, not everywhere. Well, I'm sorry. If they open up the gate, they got to open it up for everybody. That's right. So if if that's the way that it goes, it's just like NIL. I mean, everybody gets to partake in that. So if a kid has to go be a partial qualifier. He's not coming here if he has a choice to go to Georgia. No, and, and and let me let me tell you something too that you know I we had this conversation earlier a couple weeks ago whatever but these players now first of all the ones that are getting nil not a lot of them are getting getting it here at East Carolina but you look at some of the other universities they're making serious money like we're, we're not talking ten twenty thousand dollars. We're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, and in some cases in the elite, and it's very few, but you look at the Shador Sanders, I mean, that guy, that, Williams. they're making three, four million dollars. Are you telling me they're student athletes? The word <laughs> student athlete is gone. I, I'm just saying, yeah. if, and I'm being real about this, yes. and Jason, you can agree or disagree. I agree with But that. I think you know where I'm going. Billy Weaver, back in the day. Yeah. If he was making $500,000 a year playing football, do you think Billy Weaver was going to write a paper, a term paper for that next day if I had to be on the practice field? No. Yeah. It's nothing to pay somebody, a a student that's making zero money, $1,000 to write a paper, and it means nothing to you. So student athletes gone out the window. And if you don't think that's happening in this day and age... You're fooling well, yourself. You know what? It, it's it's happened whether or not you had an IL right. or not. But now okay? it's easier to do. It's easy to do. A, a lot of these rules and stuff came into place because of kids coming to college to play football and leaving without a degree and couldn't read. Dexter Manley. Right? Oh yeah. That's yeah. what that's what started all this stuff. So uh, when you start talking about Prop 48s and all that good stuff, I mean, you're basically saying you're a football factory. You're the minor leagues for the mm-hmm. NFL, if, if that's truly the way they, they go. And, and, and I, who knows? I mean, I know they're, they're, there's legis- not legislation yet, but speaking to somebody that's pretty high up that deals with all this stuff uh, with the NCAA, um, they, they're talking about splitting. Yeah. Right. They're, they're gonna. So eventually, they they talked about NIL, NIL a long time ago. All right. And and here again, a, a, a guy that I work for, a good friend of mine. He he he. All, you know, I talk to him from time to time, and we talk about certain stuff. And he tells me about all the crazy things that's that's being talked about. The next one is the split, and it's because now uh, the SEC and why do you think all these teams are getting these power teams now? Because oh, it's, yeah. it's only going to become the have and the have nots. Yep. And it's going to be a three te- a three league uh, deal, uh, SEC, Big Ten, and and who, probably the Big Twelve. Uh, but everything else is going to get dissolved. It's yeah. already happened. I mean, look at the Pac twelve right now. Yeah, they're Pac two. And, and the ACC is about to take a big hit. ACC, the the word on the street, yeah, they're they're, they're going to lose some teams. Yeah. So if that now they have a big legal hurdle they got to get over. But um, when you're talking about making eighty to ninety million off a TV deal per team, mm. that's a lot of money. You'll you'll, <laughs> you'll you can find, hire pretty good lawyers you for can that. Find a way. But um, 
but yeah, I, I don't know about the the whole um, Prop 48 because that, that that wouldn't benefit us because if they let that come into play, everybody's going to be able to do it and they're going to go to other schools. It yeah. comes back to how are you coaching them and what players are you bringing in? I mean, it's we are on a pretty level playing field i think with a lot of our peers here in the conference would yeah. you say and oh i think and, so. and certainly, so. certainly these non-conference teams were playing with app state and marshall yeah. and, and we got to beat them guys man well that's God. where the frustration sets in with yeah. the fans is that you're supposed to be on a level playing field you're supposed to be and above them in a lot of absolutely yeah. yeah and you're supposed to beat those teams and you know and i think the big frustration is and a lot of you know callers have hit it on it this year this is year five. This is not year two or year three of a tenure where you're going through the growing pains. This is year five, and, and a lot of the fans expect better in year five. And something a caller hit on regarding, you know, do we just bring in another run-first coordinator that wants to do it smash-mouth style? I, Billy, you've harped on this for quite a while now. I mean, is it going to be up to John Gilbert to say, hey, uh, Mike, we need to open this thing up. We need to do something different. Uh is it Mike Houston who promised after the game tonight that this wouldn't happen again? Has right. he realized that he might have to go a different route? Uh, either way, they need to do something different, we, which is what we've been asking for for a long time. Now. Absolutely, and it starts at the top, and I think now college athletics is becoming uh, much more like professional sports. I mean, I think Jason hit it, you know, maybe you need to hire a guy that, you know, does all the NL, NIL stuff and, and kind of coordinates all that stuff. A GM. A GM. That's, that's a, yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> well, but, they, they, but you know who, you know who your team owner is, is John Gilbert. So now your AD becomes your team owner. He becomes the Jerry Jones or, you know, the Daniel Snyder or, you know, oh, whoever. Let's get a better example. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, but, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what it looks like right now when you're two and 10. You know, so where are the, where are the decisions are going to start to come from when there's so much money involved? Well, you know, um, that, that becomes the issue here at a place like East Carolina, right? because we don't have the money to technically hire a GM, right? But when you're at Alabama, that's no problem. No. Because, see, right now, and see, we talked about this before it ever went official, before all this stuff, the transfer portal and all this stuff took off. The same guy that I told you that that, that talks about the NIL, the same guy that's saying that the football is going to split from the NCAA, uh, talked about this. You're going to have to start getting scouting departments. Just mm-hmm. having a recruiting coordinator, that's good, but it, you got to be like the NFL. You got to say, I got a guy who scouts nothing but high school. Mm-hmm. I have a guy that scouts nothing but college players. Yeah. And we're going to go look on every college roster that we can, uncover every rock. And then you're going to have to have a guy that probably just does junior college because that's a, that's a lot of work. I yeah. mean, like yeah, to, to truly do it, you know, efficiently. But at bigger schools, they got that already. Right. I mean, like those those teams, you go in there and you you see their meeting rooms. They got forty chairs in a football staff room. <laughs> forty chairs. And you, I mean, they got a guy for each conference, probably that they're watching on Saturdays. They, they probably do. And I, and that's that's sad for the smaller schools or the the schools that don't have that because if you thought before nil that college coaches. It was a 24-7 deal, seven days a week. There's no time off now because we had talked about that. You know, it used to be back in the day you would take time off during the off season. Well, there is no off season now anymore. And now it's even, I mean, well, the, you're working yourself to death. Yeah, and and that's that's the, the whole 
issue with all this. That's why the split is going to happen because it's always been the mid-level schools pulling down the bigger schools of what they can't do. It's always, well, you know, it used to be you couldn't fly parents in uh, on official visits. But why? Because for the mid-level schools, it costs too much money. Mm -hmm. But for Alabama, what does that do for them? So we finally got past that hurdle. Everybody can do it if you can afford it. So it's it's always the little guys pulling down the big guys, and that's why the split is going to happen. That's why you got to make sure, and that was part of my other frustration earlier in the season, and like, man, we this is it's too critical right now for us not to be succeeding because there's another there's another uh, conference realignment that's going to probably take place, and if we're not ready for it, you just better be ready to be the group of five and understand that you're going to have to deal with a whole set of issues of losing players all the time. And yep. I'm not saying that the big boys don't lose players because they will, uh, but they lose them for a different reason. Uh, let's get to our Brown and Wood Drive of the Game real quick. Brought to you by Brown and Wood, serving the Pirate Nation in Eastern North Carolina since 1937. Brown and Wood, your number one dealership in Greenville. Brown and Wood on Greenville Boulevard, Greenville online, brownandwoodauto.com. Got a few to choose from today. Got a six-play, 75-yard drive that ended with a Jalen Johnson touchdown catch from Alex Flynn and a Josiah Hatfield 32-yard catch that went uh, nine plays, 78 yards, and both of those touchdowns were answers to Tulsa scores. And uh, one came three minutes after Tulsa scored. One came four minutes after Tulsa scored. So a three-minute drive, four-minute drive, uh, something we haven't seen the Pirates do a lot of this year. Uh, or we could just go with one play for 40 yards. Uh, that was a Rajay Harris touchdown run. So uh, you've got some options today. Uh, but unfortunately, the Pirates did not drive home with the victory because they lost tonight 29-27 to the Tulsa Golden Hurricane to wrap up the season. And we are going to wrap it up for a season here on Pirate Radio. And Jason, uh, you have been a star Um we hope you are coaching next year and not with us, but you are always welcome back if you uh, if you are available. Uh, but the, the listeners have really enjoyed it, as you know, the fans. So thank you uh, for hanging out with us and adding a little, uh, I don't know, credibility to what we do here with all your knowledge. Uh, we appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me this year. Yeah, and, and, and I'm in the same boat. I, I hope that somebody snatches you up because whoever gets you is going to get a good one. Um, I just have to, you have to make me one promise. Okay. Wherever you go, you send me a t-shirt and I get to at least come to see one game. I'll make you that promise. All right. All right. Cause I'll, that you'll be, I'll be your biggest fan in the stands. Man. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate working with both of you. <laughs> what if he ends up in Hawaii and you got, he's got well, to take you up on that promise and you get the, you get the trip to Hawaii. Yeah, that's right. Hey, my wife would like that. Now I ain't asking you to fly me out there. I'll, I'll take care. You just take care of the tickets. Uh-huh. Ticket and a shirt. Ticket and a shirt. We that's right. enjoyed another year with you, buddy. Yep. And uh, the fun we have had here on these shows and, Despite the year the football teams had, we have enjoyed ourselves here. And thank you so much to all the callers, all the viewers. Still have 200-plus watching us right now, plus everybody listening out there. So uh, we really appreciate y'all. Thank you to Wings Over Greenville for the great food all year long. UBE for providing our stat sheet. Orthopedics East uh, for the injury report. Brown and Wood with the drive of the game, the Bucks scoreboard. Shirley, awesome to work with you for another year. Sean, when you were here, you did good. (laughs) But you know what? When you weren't here, you were working. 
<laughs> so i ain't gonna say nothing to you great year for chon there you go. all right we are wrapping it up for the final time on the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show don't forget we'll be with you monday three o'clock on pirate radio live noon brian bailey show coming up on monday thank y'all so much for being part of the pirate radio family and uh we'll be back to do it again for another year in 2024 until then for the crew here i am clip rock so long everybody Go you have been listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Join us next time for complete postgame coverage of East Carolina football exclusively on Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.